Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I'm talking with my friend Kowalski Romero from the Scenic Cast. I almost fucked it up again there, dude. <laughs> almost, almost, almost. Dude, Kova, how are you so doing, buddy? Good, 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 good. How about you, man? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good to fucking talk to you like this. I mean, um, you know, we've talked on Scenic Cast so many times and um, just had Steve on last week. And so I'm super excited to talk to you this week. Uh, we've talked so much movies and stuff. And man, I, I know we're definitely going to talk some Dune tonight, but who knows what we're going to get into. Oh. Yeah, me too. I can't, can't wait for it. And, you know, I always like talking to everybody that we talk to. Like, I, I always message with everybody every once in a while whenever it's something interesting. Like, hey, check this out. Like, or I tag them on in one of my many uh, posts from recent movie news. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I cannot get it out of my brain. Like, my big news for the day is that I use PTO from work and I went and saw Dune in 3D in the theater. Ugh. Was it? <laughs> dude it, I, I was not let down like i was i went into this movie so stoked like dune is like my favorite novel i've read it countless times um the i was not really into the 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 david lynch movie that came out in like the was like late 70s early 80s whenever that was i, I watched 80, it precisely 80. one time I think it's 82 or 84, one of the two, because I know 82 is when I was born, so I know I had to be around between 82 and 84 that it came out. Yeah, see, and, and I was turned on to the novel first, and so when I watched the that first one, I was like, I didn't like the deviations they took. They, like, David Lynch had some quote saying he didn't want to see Kung Fu on the sand, and so they took the weirding way from the books, which is basically like this, like, really intense fighting style, mm -hmm. and, and they changed it into, like, weirding modules, which were these... And then they also combined it with another feature from the books called voice, which is kind of like when a when a character like understands a person's psyche well enough that they can make the certain intonation in their voice and control them. Basically, it's where Luke yeah. has got the idea of like force controlling somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, this is one of those things that one of the myriad of ways that Dune, you know, influenced uh, George Lucas. Oh yeah, and you can see it in, in in the film like completely. Like I, I, a lot of stuff, I just kept saying, "Oh yeah, that's all." This is where Star Wars got their stuff. Like this, 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 <laughs> right. this. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. yeah desert planet. The the whole mm -hmm. you know the the chosen one type thing. And um, oh man, the stuff oh, yeah. with the Benny Gesserit and the and the, oh, and the yeah. voice. But but yeah, in that David Lynch version, it was like. They took the weirding way and the voice and they turned it into like these weird voice modulator things that was like hooked to your throat. And so you had to shout at the same time you were shooting a gun. And it was like, that is so weird and convoluted. And yeah, no, yeah, that sounds weird. Uh, I've never seen the, the Lynch one. I've seen the the sci-fi hardly pr production wise uh, <laughs> made one even though it, it sticks to the, the the elements of the story the main points it's pretty like close the, the, yeah. the, the production value I was like oh my god this belongs in the 1970s oh right and, and some of the casting in it like the like the, oh, the yeah, leading oh. character some of the leading characters in it were pretty rough I mean obviously William Hurt you know he yeah. was good in it and the the actress they had doing Lady Jessica and that and Stillgar and Shawnee was good but man the 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 actor for Paul and the actor for Fade Routha I mean and, and also yeah. Baron Harkonnen I mean he was almost put in like a comedic chew in the scene type performance oh yeah I, the whole time I was just like you look like you belong in a really bad nineties 
martial arts film. <laughs> oh, it, it, it looked like he belonged in. You, have you ever seen Double Dragon from the from the mid mid nineties, early to mid nineties? Oh, is is that a, a Van Damme movie? No, 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 no. Double no, Dragon. No, no, no. It's it, it's from the video game. It takes place in the future. Uh, with and it's got uh Mark Dacascos, which who's Iron Chef guy. Oh yeah, I know who uh, he is. Yeah. Uh, and it's got Scott Wolf from Party of Five as the lead Billy and uh something Lee, whatever the fuck their names are. I forgot what it was. Uh, them as the Double Dragons, and the villain is Sugar Cuckoo, played by uh Robert Patrick. Oh, for sure. I've seen this. I just looked up the movie poster. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you shit about the plot, but as soon as I saw that movie poster, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, I know the whole plot. I trust, trust me. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, it's, it, as a kid, I enjoyed it. Alyssa Milano was hot in it. And, uh, but it, it was it's horrible. It's a horrible movie. But Baron Harkonnen in the Dune sci-fi series Looks like he belongs in that movie. <laughs> just floating because <laughs> everything's so colorful and like like just dystopian, but like in a weird, not cool way. <laughs> Dude, that movie has a thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that that's all. That's all that needs to be said. Oh man, but but for this Dune movie, man, I loved, I loved the the serious you know, gritty take on it. This was mm-hmm. the first um, Denise Villeneuve movie that I've ever seen also. <gasps> yeah, when you put Are up you that serious? list, that when when Scenicast put up that list of like all the different movies, and like, oh, Mark, which ones you've seen? I was like, oh, Sicario's on my list, but I haven't actually seen it yet. And I haven't seen oh. any of these other ones. So this was really? my first of his movies. Oh my God. Well, it's a, it's a good introduction. If, if I do say so myself, like I'm a Denis Villeneuve uh, fan, like you know how, see like, why. Uh, like me and Steve talk about, like it's no longer about, um, you know, who's starring in it. It's about, oh, who's making it, and you know, we're, we're in an era where it's about the director and what they're doing. And and De- Denis Villeneuve is one of those directors. Like uh, my first film with him was uh, was prisoners that's the first film i saw of his with hugh jackman terrence howard jake gyllenhaal whoo what a film and as a parent like i would be like just you know have a drink before you watch it because it's fucked up but it is so fucking good as like story-wise like just the whole like it's a thriller so you know it's a lot of fucked up shit happens in it but it's really good um then i saw sicario that is just oh my god like excellent work all around just just direction benicio del toro it it felt like i was watching him in traffic all over again from the from the late 90s where he won his uh, academy award for yeah that's a great movie i remember seeing trailers for sicario and so i've wanted to watch it for a long time it's just i'm just terrible (laughs) i'm just uh, like the, the action sequences are so raw in that film that and the way he directs it and shoots it with Roger Deakins, if I remember Roger Deakins is I think the 
who uh, who did the cinematography on that. Like the way it's done, it's oh, just beautiful. And just the story overall. Emily Blunt is amazing. Uh, you know who's also in that? Uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Oh, nice. He, he's in it too. That's an, that's also another. And my one of my favorite of his is Arrival. I love Arrival. It is such a great film. I mean, like that's when I like I fell in love with his filmmaking when I, when I saw Arrival because it's a movie that's using time in a nonlinear way, and it's time travel in a way. And the way it's done is so sci-fi and so well done that when you're watching it, you're like, what? Wait, what? What's going on? Like, And you're just seeing different things all the time. And once it all pieces together at the end, you're just like, holy shit. Because it's a, it's a sci-fi film about alien invasion, but it's not about the alien invasion. It's about the person played by Amy Adams and what she has to what she learns in this journey of learning to talk to them and everything, it's so well done. It, it's so great. It's, it's that sci-fi flick where you're just like, that's smart sci-fi. That's how you do it. And then he did Blade Runner 2049. And just I was just like, oh, my God. that The year that came out, uh, 2018, I think it was, uh, Steve and me both gave that a, a 10 out of 10 because we were just like, holy shit, this is amazing. Uh, I, I loved it. I, I, I People out of, look at me like, you're crazy because I love it. I'm like, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> that movie's fucking amazing. Like, the like I went to uh, IMAX to go see that film by myself. There was nobody else in the theater. And I was just like, oh, my God. Just the sound, how it starts, just and it just takes you into the film and oh, just so well done. And Ryan Gosling, I thought was great in that film. And that that's when like a little while after that movie came out, despite it being a, uh, a flop financially, Warner Brothers still said, do you want to do Dune? All right, we'll give it to you. And I knew from the moment he got his hands on it, I was like, he's going to do it justice. Because I'm going to be straight up honest with it. Like, I've only read half the novel, but as a kid, I grew up hearing about Dune all the time. All the time, from everyone, everywhere. But I never read the novel. And I was a big reader as a kid. But you know how you go as a teenager through those phases of life where, like, for me, I'm a Latin guy. And I grew up with the machismo. And, yeah, we were. I was encouraged to read. But also, here's sports. You're Latino. You gotta do sports. You gotta do this. You gotta be, you know, like the the learn. You gotta be the uh, just the guy, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I always strayed away from reading books as I got older. And I mean, I still kept it up, but I would always stray away. Like I even strayed away from movies at at one point. So I never got a chance to actually read the novel. So. As soon as I found out Denis was going to do this film, I was just, all right, I have to get the novel. I have to read the book now, like I said, I want to. And last year, when they delayed it, I was in the middle of reading it, and I stopped. And I said, I can't, because by the time I have to read it all over again, <laughs> <laughs> 
by the time it comes out again. Who knows when that's going to be because we didn't know when. Yeah, know, it was we up in the air for so long. Yeah, so, it, but I, for you, I want to know more about how you you feel towards what they did in, in the film. Okay, so there was large sections of dialogue that were mm-hmm. practically lifted word for word from the book. Um, I, I loved that they didn't stray away from, um, you know, like the the real the like the real deep sci-fi stuff that was in yeah. Frank Herbert's work. Like they didn't stray away from from referring to Paul as the Lizan al Gaib, the the voice mm-hmm. from the outer world, you know, because, I mean, he, it, it'd be just as easy to just say, oh, it's the voice from the outer world and, and totally leave off the, you know, Lizan al Gaib and, and all the different language work they put into this and mm-hmm. dude they incorporated the atreides battle language that they use with their fingers like they they yeah like they have that sort of stuff in the book there's all these different codes and all these different languages that are spoken and then a common language throughout all of them um when when uh, lady jessica is talking to the shout out mapes and they have that interaction over the chris knife it, it was like word for word from the book when when Je- when 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 Mapes like asks her, like, do you understand the significance of this? And Jessica mm-hmm. starts to speak and she says, maker. And then, you know, Mape like screams like, ah, you know, and, and literally says, you know, it's one thing to grow up with prophecy and it's another to like experience it in your lifetime. And like, I, I love, I love it. I love it. I love it when directors adapt to source material that's near and dear to my heart and they keep all those little nuances from the book in it and and they don't because it's, it's it's all there why not use it and yeah. so it always drives me nuts when it's like look dude you could have used you know x y or z that you left out of the movie adaptation and like i'm not saying that your movie would have been better for it but it would have been a truer adaptation and and for the people that and especially with something like dune where it's been part of the pop culture zeitgeist since the 60s i mean when it came out it won like the Hugo Award and the Nebula Award in the same year. So two humongous like awards in science fiction literature and like like it influenced pop culture there on afterwards. I mean, how many different things have you seen like sandworms in or, or all the different yeah. themes that were in Star Wars and, and and to just see it like actually on the big screen and he really did justice to it. It's like it is a really special thing to me and and really this movie in a way like it's it's fucking brilliant and i love it and it it kind of stands on its own but also it feels like a little bit of a cock tease to be tr- to be truthful oh, and, yeah. and knowing the yeah. story the way i do the next movie's going to be fucking bonkers dude because there's all these different themes in the novel of dune you know there's there's politics and religion and, mm-hmm. and ecology and you know all this different stuff but at its heart it's a it's a revenge story and so yeah. this first movie, it sets us up and so that we understand why Paul is going to have to do what he's going to do in this next book. And also they kept showing the visions of like when he really gets surrounded by the spice and he has those visions of mm-hmm. of yeah. the, the Fremen going off world in like like this huge galactic wide, like, you know, jihad in his name yeah. and like. Yeah. He knows that if he keeps walking the path he's walking, it's going to end in the jihad in his name. And he's terrified of it happening. And so, yeah. you know, he's walking this tight wire the whole time. And they laid those they laid that groundwork in this movie. 
And oh man, I, I love the way that they use Chani's influence throughout all of it. So it's like, you know, he, she's just this figure that, you know, he keeps dreaming about. And then when he finally sees her, he's just like, he can't believe, you know, that it's actually there. And then, yeah. you know, with, I, I don't want to spoil too much of this for people yeah, that haven't actually seen it, but you know, the way that this movie ends, um, I was on PCL last week and Billy Blinks was on there. Uh, Billy got to watch it earlier. He got to see a screener. And so we asked him some questions and I said, uh, you know, off air, I'm going to ask you where this movie cuts off. And and so when we, um, when we were done recording, I shot him a text message and I was like, hey, I think it ends right here and kind of described it out. And he, he's like, you're right on the money. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, nice. it's like go into this. Nice. I knew right where it was going to end and everything. And yeah. Dude, what did you think of like the special effects in this with like all the like the shield combat? Dude, I I loved everything about this film. Like I just uh, everything that because it's it's the, the shield, the special effects, how they did it was great. It, I I felt like like yeah, like that should be how it's done. Look at it, just it's so just the 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 mind of of the director and the people that you worked with and even knew like because he's just like you a huge fan of the novels it shows uh, yeah and and uh and like i've been reading about his passion for it for ever since i heard he was he was in it. so just seeing it like how it looks how grand how epic how majestic it looks it, it's i i i like I can like go back into the novel now and just imagine all, all of what I saw and it, it looked so beautiful in my imagination, just continuing on with the novel and just what they did in this film is, is the special effects were amazing. I loved how the, the ships looked like it. I was like, yo, that, that wild looks designs, like right? Yeah. That looks like something you like, if you wanted to make it like real and with it, Without having to go too fantastical, that's how you would do it. Like you're not going, you know, so out there with like you know something like Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh, like you're you're showing how humanity has evolved over time and showing that it's taken a long time that they're still perfecting uh, space travel and and how they do it. it it's uh, amazing dude i loved the way that that guild highliner looked that that big tube looking thing that yeah. actually took them from planet to planet mm -hmm. dude in the books those big ships they're they're called guild highliners and they're operated by a guild navigator and the navigators depend on the spice to be able to navigate space those ships they run on these big engines called holtzman engines that mm -hmm. they fold space yeah. You know, kind of like Event Horizon, but without the horror show. <laughs> yeah. But but for these for these na these guild navigators to be able to see that path through space to like, you know, make the ship make the jump, they have to have a limited like prescient abilities to be able to see into the future for a limited amount of time. And so that's why they need the spice for that. And they spend so much time in this like concentrated spice gas that it like mutates them. And since they're in the weightlessness of space, in the David Lynch movie, they look like these weird grotesque fish that are in this like tank with this orange gas. And so I'm curious if we'll ever see them in this or not. My guess is that we won't because it's more something that's kind of referred to in the books. And I don't think you ever actually see them. 
Um, yeah. And then in some of the other novels, it, it gets into it a little bit more in depth with those characters. But I, I love the way that those ships looked. And then the, the big ass frigates that would go, you know, from the, the surface of the planet up to the highliner, the way they did the ornithopters, man. Ornithopters, yeah. Dude, that was so fucking incredible. The way that those the wings would be straight back and then they'd flip out and then angle over and then all oh, the way they did the special effects with it, too. I mean, you really believed that that's how those things were flying you know that the wings were rapidly flapping up and down you know like a hummingbird yeah it, it those looked amazing and and just how you know you you they describe it in the book i i remember that being one of the things that like i wonder what that looks like in real life like how would that and then like you know your imagination goes to the description and you're just like okay this is what i think it'll look like and then when you see it you're like Actually, that's pretty close to what I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it's just because of how detailed Frank Herbert was in his description and, and how it's supposed to look. And just it, just that whole story, man. Like, I can't wait to do more more research and just read the, read the novel and start getting into the other ones. So, like, because I know it's, it, it, it's you know, it's six novels that Frank Herbert himself did. Yeah. So like I I'd love to just continue reading uh that story and where it goes to from there cuz I do know more or less like most of the story for the first novel. I don't know the other ones. And it takes place over thousands of years. Like uh Dune, nice. Dune Messiah, which is the the next book in the series is like an immediate follow-up to Dune. It it starts pretty much right after. Maybe maybe like a year or two down the road and then God Emperor of Dune picks up pretty close after the end of Dune Messiah. And then there's a big jump of, I think, like well over a thousand years. And wow. then some fucking really wild shit has happened <laughs> in, in that period of time. And, and then there's a big explosion of like the species where like, like humans just kind of jet off to all different corners of the galaxy. They call it the scattering and nobody even knows where people went. Like they go so far into the reaches of space that's all uncharted. And then years later in Heretics of Dune, some of those people that had left on the scattering start coming back and they're like, they've got some really advanced military and like the reverend mothers that went with them are now called honored matres. They like kind of descended into some or evolved into something different. And it seems like they're being chased by something. And then it's kind of a big cliffhanger at the end of Chapter House Dune, which is the sixth one that Frank Herbert wrote, as yeah. to you're about to find out, well, who the fuck is chasing them? And then yeah. all these characters, you know, they just engage the Holtzman engines in their ship without coordinates. And then they just jump. Well, this one character just kind of he's like controlling it kind of by hand. And they're like, what the fuck? And they just jump and he jumps to a, a place in space where there's like no stars. But they also wow. got away from this enemy that was pursuing them. But you have no idea who it is. And so it ends on this this, this giant cliffhanger. And fans had to wait for decades. And then eventually, um, Brian Herbert, um, Frank Herbert's son, he found yeah. a key to a lockbox that they didn't know his dad had. It was a safety deposit box for like a bank. And so they went and opened it up. And there was all these notes and outlines in it and like old five and a quarter floppy disks for computer. And it was wow. all titled Dune 7. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Brian Herbert, who's a writer himself, he hooked yeah. up with Kevin J. Anderson. And Kevin J. Anderson has written like a bunch of like, you know, like um, 
like the 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 Thrawn books and stuff in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was Timothy Zahn, but then there's another yeah. really good series that is about Luke getting like this um this uh this Jedi or no, it's 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 like a kid that he wants to train to be a Jedi, and so they go back to Yavin Four and they set up in this like abandoned like ziggurat temple and then they come to find out that it was actually a sith lord's temple a long time ago and so he starts trying to sway luke's student well kevin j anderson wrote all those books and they're fucking nice. incredible like really really good stuff the timothy zahn books like generally when people talk about the star wars ones those ones usually outshine and they are goddamn good but i'd say those yeah. kevin j anderson ones are right there with it and so when i found out that kevin j anderson was teamed up with brian herbert and they were talking hey we're gonna finish dune it's like dude are you fucking shitting me and so they actually wrote two different three book prequels before they finished dune as two books so instead of just dune seven it was finished as hunters of dune and sandworms of dune though i can't remember which order you read those in but it finishes out the story and it's actually beneficial to read all the prequels as well really yeah i got me more excited and i (laughs) I really wanted my my issue is is just i want to check them out but my issue is finding the time to read that that's my biggest that's the hard thing yeah because um, that's my biggest problem like like i was finally able to finish uh i don't know if you've heard like uh star uh lucasfilm doing uh the high republic series new the new era of star wars which is like before which takes place like hundreds of years like two to four hundred years before um that's super exciting uh uh, before um phantom menace Mm -hmm. takes place so like i just got done finished the first novel and i bought it in like january february (laughs) when it came out it's because i just don't have time like i always tell people like look man like i'm always doing other stuff like i'm always reading other stuff i'm always like, how do you think I keep up with all the news? Like, I I sit at night after working, after finding the articles during the day, I sit and read them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, because I need to be ready with any information Steve might ask me about the films, or if somebody <laughs> on on the uh, uh, who's a guest host will probably have a question. You know, I'll have like the the information ready. You know, because like I I like being prepared. Yeah, so, like, I try to read everything that comes out possibly. Like it's it's and it's but it's what I love to do. I love to do research. So, but I do want to read these novels now that I've seen uh the film, like at least part one. Now that I've seen that, like I do want to check out the novels. I do want to uh continue, but like I gotta find the time. That's all it is. It's just finding the time. And and I'm not a fan of audiobooks. I I I can't do it. <laughs> I find it hard to pay attention to. Like yeah. I, I'll find that that if I'm not giving it a hundred percent of my focus, because that's kind of one of the things I like about podcasts is that I can listen to it while I'm doing other things. And you know, admittedly, my focus might drift to like what my hands are doing, and it's not that big of a deal if I you know miss like ninety seconds of a podcast. But it's like if you miss a little bit of a book, you might be totally lost. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 that's why like I like. For example, American Gods, like I'd always heard about it and I had never read the, the, the novel. And when I heard about the show, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read the novel. I And I even like I got the audio book first and I remember finishing an audio and I was just like, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> 
So I went and bought the novel and I've read it and I was like, okay, now I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, since I write also, like I find it's a tremendous benefit, especially for like punctuation usage and like sentence structure and stuff to actually read the way that other writers write, because there's yeah. some like stuff that I'll read and I'll just be like, I'll read a sentence three times and I'll be like, that's the best way you came up with to structure that. Okay, bro. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of a what to do and not what not to do in my mind. You know what I mean? True. Of, true, of like yeah. all these different styles, because there'll be some writers like, like JK Rowling, she'll write like really, really long, like sentences that separated with semicolons and whatnot. Whereas a different writer might take that and split it into three different sentences with just commas and periods and whatnot. And I, I geek out yeah. on dorky stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, or, and so you know, I noticed got... I was missing out on that in audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or you got the the issue with uh, Dan Brown. The the uh, he just really does really short chapters. Oh yeah, and like they, in Da Vinci he, Code, there was I think one chapter that was just a sentence, right? Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, "Are you shitting me? What the <laughs> fuck is this?" <laughs> This isn't a chapter. That was the funny thing in Ted Lasso where he's like, like the, the chapters are so short, you don't realize how much you've read. <laughs> or it's, or it's, they're so short, it's hard to put down or something like that. And it's like, oh my God, I remember reading that. He was so on the money. Yeah, it, and it was. like, I, I, It was one of those things because everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, oh, let me check out the book then. And I'm reading it. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, I, <laughs> like, I've only been reading for like half an hour and I'm on chapter 10. How the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that confused the hell out of me. I was like, wait, what? And there's like, how many chapters is this damn thing? Oh, dude. So yeah, I mean, definitely reading at least the first Dune book is totally worth your time. And also admittedly, it's, I think it's the, the slimmest of the, of the series. Mm. So, you know, in theory, the, the easiest to bang out right away. Um, yeah, it, and it's and it's the one where you know pretty much this with uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation where like all of sci-fi comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those trailers for Foundation on Apple TV Plus look pretty good. I've still been kicking around getting that subscription. I had a friend that was just gonna let me use his login, and... <laughs> but it's like it's I think it's only like five dollars a month, so I should probably just get it because there's enough stuff on there that I want to see. And, and I want to I've heard like for all mankind is so good and it'd be right up my alley. So I need to watch that sometime. But yeah, that, that's saw, just like, like with books, dude. It comes down to time. When do I have time to watch all this? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it just when you have the time, like I saw like the first three or four episodes of for all mankind when I had my brother's account. And and then he said, yeah, my one year is done. And I was just like, all right, I guess I'm not going to get on it anytime soon. Uh, and then eventually, once <laughs> I found out about once I saw the trailer to Foundation, I said, so I'm going to get the subscription because that looks cool. Because <laughs> I love high concept sci fi where you're talking about real uh, hardcore shit where you can tell an adventure story, you know, but. You're touching on all different subjects, just like Dune does. Oh it's, yeah, and and that and that's what Foundation is. It's the same thing, you know. Foundation got its start, and Dune was influenced by Foundation and the sci-fi stuff, and they and they both just influence everyone else, you know. Uh, and once I saw, yeah, for like for the trailer for Foundation, I was just like, I have to watch that, and it's it's. It's fucking good. I I love it. I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. But it's one of those things that I told Steve recently. I'm like, bro, if you're gonna watch it, 
you're going to have to put your phone down for like, for an hour. <laughs> Who's like, the leading? Jared Harris. I fucking love that guy. It, it, it's an ensemble cast. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and not to say that he's the lead, but I just love him yeah. in that. Did you ever watch The Terror on AMC? Yes. Yes. He was incredible in that, man. He was great in that. Yeah. I, I like the second season, but that first season was great like really well thrown then you read the real story you're just like damn we're like what the fuck happened to these people oh it's it's definitely mysterious yeah and yeah those people had some fucking balls but yep we're just gonna load up on canned goods and we're gonna try and find a way through and discover the northwest passage and, and hope that our ship doesn't get encased in ice and then we have to spend a winter up here like <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you added the supernatural parts from the TV show, and it was pretty intriguing. Oh yeah, it was it was really well done. Like I I, I was very surprised. Like I was expecting some really like uh, stupid thing from like the Sci Fi Channel, but AMC just did a way better job with it, and and really well done. Like they were able to give us like a really like. Uh, true story and give us also supernatural element with it that we're all like you know that shit could have probably happened <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and then you, you know you talk about human beings being dropped into an environment that wants to kill them like yeah ugh. man they, they did a just jumping back to dune they did a fucking great job with that in this like i loved all the stuff with the still suits and how we got to yeah. see all the different fremen tech like, dude, they, they actually referred to the pack as a fem, like a, a frem kit. And yeah. I was like, no fucking way, dude. They're le-. And they actually had like the sand compaction tool and 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 like the, the tiny little thumper. Oh, oh, oh I, I, so I, fucking I, stoked. I, I, and then there's parts of that I kit that like keep... we, we saw and you got the, yeah. the brief glimpse of the of the of the dude riding. I'm going to put yeah. a spoiler warning at the beginning of this. <laughs> Like, I won't give away too much at the end, but it's like, I feel like I'm talking about enough details of this. I feel bad. We should probably, I'll put a spoiler warning on. Um, you might have to, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm just fucking geeking, though. And, oh, I, I know, I know that from now until November 21st, you're going to try to watch this at least twice a week. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be on a lot. <laughs> Trust me, I'm the same way. When it's something that, like, really grabs my attention i'm gonna do like the most to try to watch it in between my <laughs> my schedule of, of, of watching movies for the podcast <laughs> yeah and i know dan ramirez has a file to 3d print a chris knife that's the version from this movie so i have to message him and be like hey how much for an unfinished chris knife <laughs> <laughs> i'll handle the pain on it <laughs> nice because <laughs> i remember he was talking on his show and he was talking about the painting was the worst part it's like shit dude you just print the thing and send it my way <laughs> <laughs> that that will that will probably be like i'll be like yo can i get one too <laughs> dude and talk about like the I, perfect I cosplay for 2021 right or 2022 even like it's got a oh, mask yeah. built right into the fucking thing you know, just right. still suit. Yeah, I, I all I gotta do is say, I already got one. Look, see, sorry, <laughs> already got. I'm, I'm halfway there. I'm, I'm like, I just need to get all 200 other parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certain characters you gotta imagine are, are pretty hot in cosplay right now. It's like, okay, I'm gonna have to wear a mask walking around this convention, so I can be like a Mortal Kombat ninja, 
Uh, we could be Bane from Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> oh my god, I was just listening to a, a podcast that I listen to every day because it, it's 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 from down here in South Florida. They were just talking about it too, how how Tom Hardy just like, oh, oh, with his voice and that. I was like, look, as much as you guys make fun of it, I liked it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you think the darkness is your ally? I was born in the darkness. Yeah, the light till I was a man. I get it. Why everybody like (laughs) like says the thing because like it shouldn't sound like that. But I'm like, I don't care. Like he's a bad guy. Like what's he supposed to sound like? Like some voices are just like that when they're bad. Well, and also it's like the one impression that almost anybody can do. Oh yeah, and 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 the person who did it was the only woman on the show. <laughs> I was just like, oh, she did an excellent job, actually. This is, this is actually pretty good. That's fantastic. <laughs> Mind you, it's a sports show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my favorite sports show. And everybody's like, why? Because it's a spoof of a sports show. They're like, what do you mean? Like, they don't really, they talk about sports, they talk about uh, real things going on in sports. They'll talk about football and all that, basketball and all that. And everybody's got their favorite teams and stuff, but eventually they'll go on this, you know, tangent and talk about, you know, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> and they'll have That's a fun. whole debate about it. And then when they get guests on, they'll ask the guests, is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, yeah, and technically. They, <laughs> and it, dude, it, the dumbest things they'll talk about, or They'll go on like, you know, what movie's in the Action Movie Hall of Fame? Is Demolition Man in the Action Movie Hall of Fame? And I, I it should like, be. Yeah, it, it's so great. It's, it's and then they try to like put like basketball players sometimes like who which basketball player is this? And somebody said um this was like a backup center, a bench player on the Miami Heat, Jamal McGlory. And the host Dan goes, You know what Demolition Man is? Jamal McGlory. <laughs> the 15th guy on the bench that's the election man <laughs> and i'm just like oh and everybody just like are you shitting me man really <laughs> you know i'm just sitting there listening I'm like let's well, see these are the conversations i like to have and listen to <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great because like i get to listen to a show that involves a lot of things that i love sports and they also talk about random shit like out of nowhere you know it, it it's so great like i i love it like like one day like because one of the one of the producers was like are you do you white sitting or standing and they and every year they bring it up so are you a, a sitter or a stander when you wipe and I'll just i've like, heard that come up on podcasts before and it's like who stands yeah. to wipe their ass that's fucking weird dude it, it you'll be surprised it's a it's a divided world. <laughs> it is a divided world. It is fifty fifty. They've done polls. Are you a sitter or a stander? They put on the on the on the Twitter account. And it just said, and it's at the end, and they do it every year. Like they always just out of nowhere it comes up, and they just ask, put it up, and it's always fifty fifty. <laughs> That's wild. Like, and I'm just like, it's Democrats and Republicans. Look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see yard signs for that. <laughs> A little pictograph. <laughs> do you wipe when you're sitting or do you stand? You, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> We're going to civil war for that. <laughs>
Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to make you sit to wipe. <laughs> you, you imagine somebody coming into your house and just saying, oh, you sit? No, no, no. We don't do that shit here. You better stand. Did you ever see that uh, episode of South Park where the TSA was guarding all the toilets? No, no. I, oh, I, my. I, I, <laughs> so Butters South forgot Park, to put the, from the beginning. Butters forgot to no, put the toilet seat down and his mom fell in the toilet and got stuck and died. Oh, my God. And so now the TSA is like checking every toilet. And so there's TSA in everybody's house. And you got to go through. <laughs> and there's this one part where Randy's wanting to go to the bathroom. And it's this lady. And she's like, okay, sir, I just need to check your asshole. <laughs> what the fuck? And when he's done, they have to wipe his ass. And he's like, I can wipe my own ass. I'm a big boy. She's like, yes, sir. Oh, my sir. God. I wouldn't know what to do if somebody was in my in my room right next to my bathroom. Because I'd just be like, what are you doing here? Like, sir, we can't let you into your own bathroom. We, we're going to have to inspect your butthole before you walk in. I'd be like, uh, no, you're not inspecting anything. I'm sorry. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just got to check your asshole. <laughs> okay, check this. No, it, all it reminds me of is uh, um, uh, when I when I enlisted in the in the in the military. Try Shows off, belt off. Yeah, yeah. Got any metal in your pocket? I just need to check your asshole. Oh my god! So ridiculous. Asshole clear. Thanks. <laughs> I just gotta check your asshole. <laughs> oh my god, no. Oh god, this guy's fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh my god. All it reminds me of it is is when I signed up to, to join the army and and they, I had to go through the processing, you know, the medical and everything. Oh, and yeah. The, guy, the guy's like, all right, drop your pants. And I'm like, all right, under boxers too. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we need to check everything. And I'm like, all righty then. <laughs> I was like, all right. He's like, bend over. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I was, this is the first time a man ever said bend over to me. And I was just like, I I. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Dude, so um, I turned 40 in 2020. So like all throughout 2020, I didn't go to the doctor. So I didn't have that 40-year checkup. And so mm. then just recently, like a month or so ago, I had to go to the doctor. And so I was like having all this anxiety. I'm like, shit. Like, I, I, I've just got like a, you know, like a, a cold, like the first cold I've had in forever. And I just want to go and get checked out. Like I don't not going in for like a checkup checkup and so i had yeah. all this anxiety i'm like like i'm gonna go in there and he's gonna finger my ass and i'm not ready for this <laughs> <laughs> and then it never happened and so then i'm like huh and then i'm like looking it up and it's like oh they don't do that till you're 50 now and i'm like oh great another 10 years of fucking anxiety <laughs> no but like yeah, it, they're, they're saying you haven't checked out no matter what just because you know cancer and shit i know right <laughs> yeah no like i mean uh, chadwick Boseman, come on man <laughs> No, you're not like wrong. That. Yeah, it, but uh, it reminds me of uh, of a story of my dad and um, his cousin. Uh, his cousin's father in law was working with my dad 
on a job in in Daytona in Daytona Beach for a while, but the man had never gotten his uh his prostate checked, you know, and never checked it out. And the guys, and my dad's like, you gotta go get that checked out. Like I'll I'll take you to my doctor. Blah blah blah. So the old man, <laughs> and, you know, this is a Latin man in his sixties <laughs> who had, in you know, the the conservative. Their way, Catholic. Their way of thinking is so. <laughs> so he's in the in. He's just like, what the fuck, man? And like, can't believe I'm going to do this. My dad just goes, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Look, be worried if you feel two hands on your shoulders and there's still something up your ass. <laughs> that poor man. Just, that my dad said, you should see the look on that old man. <laughs> oh, right. Because <laughs> you know it's. It's a Latin man in his sixties who grew up conservative and Catholic, and I just, I was just like, my dad just—you should have seen the look on his face, man. It was <laughs> gold. Like it's like you just like changed his life. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so have you been from Florida, or is that where you were like born and raised? No, I was born in Honduras, and uh, I came here when I was six years old. Oh wow! Do you got very many yeah. memories of Honduras? Of uh, uh, very little. I mean, I have gone back, but I haven't been back since two thousand. Since I came back in January of oh six. Uh, but like, I have some. Like, I do know that the first time I ever saw Terminator was in Honduras at five years old. Dude, I saw it super young. Also, like, probably right around five years old as well. Yeah, and and everybody just usually goes, oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it kind of does. It's like I, I see your point, but yeah, no, yeah, I have I have some memories. I remember uh, playing soccer. I even remember a conversation that my grandma's brother was had because he's a doctor. Um, uh, was having with her because my parents were up here and I was in Honduras and and he was like and I wasn't eating or anything and they're like yo he's depressed <laughs> like I remember the conversation like I was like you got to send this kid back to you got to send this kid to his parents or he's just not gonna eat yeah you're probably missing your folks yeah yeah so that's when like they eventually got the paperwork and brought brought me here and uh uh yeah I've been here since I was six. Six years old, I was going to be seven that year. Wow. Any brothers or sisters? I have uh, from uh, the same marriage, I have two brothers. And then uh, when I was 18, my dad had and his wife had my my other brother, my half-brother, Jameer. And then my mom, a year later, had her son with my stepdad. Uh, so like I, and then I have, I have a half-sister who was born the same year as my brother, Franco, who was born in 88. Only difference is, is he was born in January. She was born in June. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Big so family, tell, dude. Yeah, but, you, 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 but isn't this funny how two of them are six months apart in birth? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can wonder, you can guess why. <laughs> my dad he's like, and the funny thing is like, he comes to tell me, by the way, you have a sister when I'm like, 18 20 years old i'm like wait what <laughs> and she's how old and you're doing the math and you're like hey <laughs> <laughs> no that was the scariest thing because like, i don't know what she looks like i don't know anything about her and i and she lives in honduras at the time 
And I'm like, hold on a second. Wait, what? I'm like, do you know how many times, how many years I've been going to Honduras? And how many girls I've met? (laughs) Oh, that's another valid point right there. Yeah. Say it ain't so scenario. Yeah. And I'm just like, (laughs) what the fuck, man? And then he's like, don't don't worry about it. He's like, I'm like, I know you haven't met her. And I'm like, why? Because she has the same name as your mom. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second, hold on a second, slow that tape, rewind that motherfucker. It's like, but yeah, um, she has your mother's name, but how is that possible? Did, did, did the woman you were seeing on the side like do it for revenge? Like, no, it just so happened to be uh your sister's grandmother's name. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Well, that's just wonderful. The weird twists and turns of life, huh? Oh, dude, it's just, and for a long time, people were like, she's not your sister. And then the first time I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, she's family. Everybody <laughs> was like, why? <laughs> she looks like Edson, my other brother, my the middle child of the first three. And I'm like, she looks like Edson, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what were the circumstances of your parents moving from Honduras to America? Uh, you know, better life. Honduras is, you know, uh, like I could tell you right now, one dollar is uh, twenty lempiras, which is like twenty pesos, uh, and you can't buy shit with that. <laughs> yeah. You can't buy. Like I could tell you, with it could get you the cheapest, grimiest liquor you could find. Where, you know how in the cartoons, it's a giant liquor bottle and has. The thing of the like, uh, like uh, skeleton of saying, "Don't drink this." Like it's some hardcore shit. Yeah, that's pretty much the liquor you could buy with down there with one dollar. Wow. And I bought it too. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I have nightmares just thinking about it right now. It's like, oh god, no. <laughs> it's I, I, so I after I came back and then the last time I had that, I was like, I'm never drinking that shit again. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, yeah like uh but my parents um yeah just you know better life for themselves and their kids and that was pretty much it with a, a lot of it and and uh, they've done pretty good for their part i mean we've done the best we can with uh our not but it's fun growing up in a um in a house where your parents don't know a lot of english because you can get away with so much shit. <laughs> I was just going to ask, what was that like coming coming here? Because, I mean, you were probably, were you jumping right into public school then and then kind of learning English on the fly at the same time? Yeah, I feel first grade. Yeah, I can imagine. You probably didn't know what the hell anybody was saying, right? I failed first grade because I did not know uh, uh, that much English. I Well, I didn't know any English at all. Uh, I took Esau classes, uh, which is, you know, it's whatever it's called, uh, Spanish, whatever. I don't remember what it's called, Esau, but it's like for people who, who English is their second language. Uh, and I took that for like my first couple of years in school. But I adapted so quickly because I consumed so much television and read so much books growing up that... Um, like I don't have an accent. I don't um like you can hear it when I speak Spanish, like a little bit my voice and tone change because I'm speaking my inflections and everything is so different in Spanish. But like in when you hear me speaking in English, I don't have an accent, I don't have anything. It just 
I sound normal. I sound like I like you know like I'm uh, American. <laughs> Are you still fluent in Spanish? For the most part, not not too much. That's awesome. I was kicking around the idea of downloading that Babbel app and signing up for that and trying to learn Spanish because it's like I I know like just like a little smattering of it, but I've always thought it'd be cool to to learn another language, and that seems to be the one most prevalently spoken you know, kind of in the States besides yeah. English. And so it's like, yeah, that'd be really cool to learn. But ultimately it came down to, okay, am I going to pay for this app subscription? And then, you know, be like, Oh, I have too many things I'm trying to do. And yeah, just not yeah. fucking do it. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's difficult, you know, to, to take time to learn a language for a while. I was actually trialing German and two months into it. I was like, yeah, I don't have the fucking time. <laughs> and, it, and somebody asked me, why are you learning German? I just want to. I was like, what? I just want to. I was like, uh, like, you want to sound like an angry white guy? I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, German's another one that I think would be cool to learn. Oh yeah. It, it, German, like it, it, like has so many, um, there's so many words that I learned when I was learning the two months that I was learning that are like so similar in English. They're just like, it's just like pronunciation away from being English. Like that's all it is. Yeah. It, it's, I'd imagine that the, the, like the, the like kind of far Eastern Asian languages that are like more tone tonal based. Like I'd imagine that mm -hmm. those ones are probably among the most difficult to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it I, I i mean it also depends on on the person and how committed and dedicated you are you know you gotta that's true how, how immersed you are amongst it as well yeah exactly like i i i went to live back in honduras for a year in for my teens my brothers and me we went to live for a, a full year like from august 7th to august 7th we went for a full year and because we were losing our Spanish, like we, we, like I was, I still could have regular conversations, but there were words that were that I was starting to lose because I read so much in English, I watched so much television in English, I, I, that I just like I, I couldn't remember a lot of things. Like I was having trouble just having how to pronounce. You know, in Spanish, you have to say you know for a woman, for a guy, or not like here. It's like, hey, guys, you know, and it could, you could be talking to both men and women. You know, you have the, the A for the woman. Yeah, the exactly. The There's man. a masculine yeah. and a feminine in the language. Yeah, so, like, I was starting to forget words that would do that. Uh, and But once I spent a year over there, it it all started kicking in. And and then, um, you know, we came back and and – I, some words have I've lost some words, but I still try to read whenever there's like important stuff to read, mainly European soccer from Spain. <laughs> I'll read it in Spanish. <laughs> but uh, but there are still stuff I try to like just to make sure I don't lose it. Uh, but it, it, it's tough because most of the time I tell everybody I, I think in English. I That's what I was most... just going to ask is is that there had to have been some sort of point in there. You know, where your only language was your birth language was Spanish. And so therefore, you know, your thinking would be in Spanish. But somewhere in there, it morphed over to where you stopped thinking in Spanish and you started thinking in English, right? Yeah. That's a fucking yeah. trip, dude. 
And then it got to the point where it was like, oh, now I'm starting to lose some of the Spanish because I don't even think in it anymore. Yeah, I, I and I don't. Like, I'm, I'm 39 years old, and I'm telling you, like, I've thought in English since since elementary school. Wow. I, yeah. It's Isn't it wild I, how adaptable human beings are? Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I adapted real quickly. Like, I, and that's just how I am. Like, I... I tell people I may not, you know, invent something, but I can adapt it to how I want it and will make it work to my conditions real quickly. Like, like, or, or a job, like whenever I get trained to do something in a job, I learn it how they're supposed to do it. And then I just adapt it and change it how it's supposed to be until I can find it where I can do it easier and faster. And <laughs> you're it, speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. And I just find ways to do that. And everybody's like, how do you, I'm like, I just find ways. I don't know how I do it. I yeah. just do. Yeah. I, I don't know how. I, it's and like I like I'm good with computers. I don't know like the technical software stuff to work in, but I can put a computer together. And everybody's like, "How did you know?" Because that was one of my first passions. I don't know how to do it now as much as I used to, but you give me the basics, and I could probably do it in no time in uh, real quick. Just give me the basics, and I'll find a way. <laughs> and it's like, why? I may not invent it, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm huge on learning processes and like having somebody teach me like as much as they can, the full extent that they know of it and then mm -hmm. use that process for a while and then give it like an honest outside the box look and say, can this be improved? And if it can, how? Yep. And, and then implementing that stuff and then actually seeing it be like, oh, yeah, if you were to time out, you know, using, you know, process A versus using this new and improved process that I've pioneered, you'll find that, that my way is better. That yeah, it, it and, is and, faster. It's more efficient. Yeah, and, and that's for been every job that I've ever had. I've always learned <laughs> how to just do it better than the last person. And, and everybody's like, how do you do that? I, I just learn. I figure it out. Like, like everything we do in life is just – so problem solving. It's problem solving. That's all it, that's all it is, all dude. It is. It's all problem all it solving. Yeah, you just got to figure out. Like I, I tell everybody, we may not be the inventors, and we may not, you know, uh, know how this person probably did set up a certain system, but we'll figure it out. Just give you the basics, but you can figure it out, and that's what I do. Just give me the basics. And I'll learn to do it and I'll navigate it and I'll find a way to actually improve upon what you taught me because I think that I can make it better. <laughs> yeah. I get I remember years and years ago I was working in a warehouse and and we had somebody come in and they were talking about how we were gonna move to lean manufacturing. And so they were going to make, you know, streamline all these streamline and standardize all these different processes and like it came down to they were even talking about, OK, the way that your desk in the warehouse is laid out, you know, we're going to put little tape boxes down on on the desk, like little square tape, like squares of tape. Like, yeah. OK, here's where your tape gun sits. Here's where your stapler is supposed to sit. And people were like complaining about it and being like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't you understand that this is going to make you more efficient? I'm like, majority of people are right handed. So therefore. You know, when you're doing the same process over and over again, you're going to reach for this tool with that right hand. It makes no sense to have it on the left side of your workstation. Yeah. And, uh, and if and you're not disciplined on where you're setting it down and you're not setting it down in the same place every time, 
you might be losing a few seconds during each transaction reaching across exactly. your body. And at the end of the day, if you add up all those wasted seconds, it turns into quite a period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and that's how I work. I, I look at how I can manage <laughs> as much time as possible uh, and get it done in as much time as possible. Like, I, I, I always felt like that's the way to best find. Like, I, I tell everybody straight like, look, I work – so I don't have to do nothing later on. It's like, what do you mean? Like, if you tell me I need to do this many things in this many hours, I bet you I could do it in five hours. And I will attempt to do it in four. <laughs> just so I don't have to do anything for the next four hours of the workday. Yeah, right. <laughs> and every, and everybody looks at me just like, are you sure? Like, I will assure you that I will find something, find a way to make this quicker for me. It's like, because I'm not spending all day doing this like no it's not how it's gonna work i'm gonna find a way to find to get this done quicker than you think i'm gonna do it and and, that, and that's how i've always been with a lot of things like uh, i even though i do tend to procrastinate like i I've, in school uh especially in college i waited till the night of to write a fucking however many word paper and everybody was always amazed that my teacher was always like B A B A, and they knew. Excuse me, they knew that I had not spent a lick of time paying attention in class. I had not spent a lick of time doing any uh, type of work that involved me paying attention in class. They always ask like, "How'd you do? How did you do that?" Like, because whatever we were, the subject he was, the teacher was on. I found the chapter, I read up on it through the year, through the semester, and I just learned everything that I needed to learn. And then when it came to learning the problem, how to solve it, I just went to the classes I paid attention in because <laughs> there were some I stayed awake, I would say. <laughs> and they'd be like, how the fuck? I was like, dude, you just if you put your mind to it, you can make it work. And they'd always be amazed. I'm like, look, man, if, and, I, and I was home and I just spend a lot of time reading. You just have to read a lot of what it takes is just reading. That's all you have to do. A lot of it is just reading. Yep, and then just be present while you're reading it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's what I've always told people. Like, look, if you want to learn about something, a lot of it is just reading. Like, I remember my social studies teacher in middle school. I think it was sixth or seventh grade. I don't remember. But I remember him telling me this. Everything you're going to need from a paragraph is in the first and in the last line. It tells you everything you need to know about what's in that paragraph. And I was like, what are you talking about? Read the first sentence and then read the last sentence. And I'm like, all right. That's some of that structure we were talking about earlier. Exactly. And <laughs> I realized and everything you need to know, the information is all there in the body. It, 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 he said like this, the first sentence is, I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you. I'm telling it to you. And the last sentence is, this is what I told you. And I was like, I never, like, for a long time, I never understood that. And then towards the end of the year, I was just like, I get it now. Like, I, I understand what he's talking about. Like, I don't have to, like, he even used to say himself, like, you don't need to sit here and listen to me talk. All you got to do is just read the paragraphs, read the chapters that I'm telling you to read, and you'll know everything you need to know. And that shit always stuck with me. And and that's how, like, I just – everybody always asks me how I have such a, uh excellent memory for shit. I just – and I tell them all the time, I just read. 
I've always read. It doesn't matter what it is. It's if I find it valuable information to me, you may find it random info. I just read because I want to be informed. I like knowing things and right. Yeah. I just do. Uh, like uh, I, I, Interstellar. I always bring that as an example. That's another one I haven't uh, seen yet. Great film. Uh, Christopher Nolan went to Kip Thorne, the astrophysicist, and he said, "I need to make this movie as science, scientifically possible, or the, scientifically theoretical possible, like scientific." Uh, what is it? Uh, theoretical physics. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he wants possible. it to be theoretically possible. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and dude, like he would ask for for something, and Kip Thorne would go and do the math for two weeks, for two weeks, and he'd come back. And once I saw the movie, I found out that there was a book explaining all the science in the movie. I read the book, and I was just like, "Holy shit, man!" This thing is immersive. And then when I watched the movie again, I was like, yo, I understand the science of it more now. And it's it just blew my mind even more watching it after reading the book. It, it's it's and it's the, what I tell everyone, it's just if you read, you're going to learn so much more. I, I, I don't I, I, I I've always felt like that's the one thing people are like forgetting to do nowadays oh without a doubt i mean reading is just yeah. one of those things to where you know and whether you're reading nonfiction or or fiction it's just one of those things that, that keeps your mind sharp like you know processing mm-hmm. the words and just taking the time to sit and, and kind of exercise your brain in that way and yeah. and also i mean especially when reading like works of fiction and stuff it, it's such a it's such an immersive medium because it's like, you know, you're, you're processing these words. And when you really, really sink into it and you find a good groove and you, and you're really reading and absorbed into it and paying attention and not getting distracted by stuff in the room, like it really does paint a good, you know, a good writer will paint a picture in your mind in many ways. And I think that this is why so many hardcore book fans, you know, can become so disappointed with movie adaptations is because, the things that that an author can make happen in your brain sometimes it can't rival what what a cinematographer or a director can do on the screen now having just come away from something like dune like dude the cinematography and all the shots and the sets and everything the costume work and in the makeup and i mean this was amazing like i yeah. think in many ways there's the visual aspects of dune outdid parts of my you know, parts of my imagination for me um i i think the the parts where the movie is missing out on where it's not as immersive are those other themes like that we were talking about earlier you know with like ecology yeah. And, yeah. and politics and religion and we're getting some of the politics stuff in this and, and maybe just a taste uh, of religion kind of with the messiah stuff but it really didn't feel like they delved too deeply into the ecology and and other you know themes that are very very present in, uh in the book but yeah but yeah, it just books. It's hard to beat a good book. And, and yeah, like, I've felt always. like that for so long. I mean, like books were my major escape when I, when I was younger, like as soon as I discovered, I think it might've been the first time I read the Hobbit. It was like, Oh, fucking game on. Like, I wonder, <laughs> I want to read all the fantasy books. And then I gotten this, um, this RPG game 
for uh for uh pc and this was in the 90s and it was a game called stone keep and it was really really fun and it was like this deep fantasy game where you're going into this castle you know that had this like curse put on it and so it sunk underground and you got to go through all the levels and keep going down and down you know to kind of unlock this curse and and it, it came with like a companion book that was really really thin like it was maybe only like a half an inch thick so i mean it was a the type of book that you could crush you know in an afternoon of reading and it was like a fun little companion story that, you know, took place like hundreds of years before the game actually, you know, is taking place or something. And I think it was The Hobbit in that book for Stonekeep that like really did it for me. And so then I was reading like everything I could get my hands on in the school library. Nice. And, and it, yeah, it wasn't until I was in college that I discovered Dune. And, wow. And it was like, because um, one of my friends had... He was telling me that he was like, oh, have you seen Dune? And I was like, not a fan. And he's like, no, I mean, the one that just came out. And I'm like, I haven't even heard of this. And so they pulled the DVD out and he was telling me about it. And I was like, OK, I have this book on my bookshelf. I'm going to I'm going to start reading this now. And so I read it and then I was so into it. I was like, OK, let me borrow this from you. And then he loaned me that copy of Dune. And that was the the 2000 miniseries one. Yeah. And yeah, I was. I was enraptured. I was like, holy shit. Now I own the, I own the director's cut of that on DVD. Now it's like the five hour cut of it. Nice. <laughs> like a three disc set. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one I, of my prized possessions. Yeah, I, I remember watching that and I'm just going like, it's such low budget production. It's very low. The, it's uh, very sci-fi channel. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This is sci-fi channel before they had money. And because now, like, they're able to do shows with some money, and you can see it actually pays off. Like, like Resident Alien with Alan Tudyk. I was like, look, see, you put if you put some money into it, it works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it, it it was one of those shows uh, where I just like I was turned off by the production, but I was so immersed in the story they were telling. I was like, it's it's the stories there. I I kept saying to myself, it's just. Everything else looks like it belongs in the 70s. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited for the next movie. And like, it seems like this has been blowing up on social media. Like, I haven't read a single bad take on it yet. Um, it looks like. Let's get the most accurate here. The, the, the one thing I've heard the most, though, is that it just ends and everybody and I I'm t and it, it's just a setup. I'm like, yeah, because you don't. Like, what's coming next is going to be so much more like, holy shit. It's going to be a like, fucking roller coaster because they yeah. got all the setup done now. And, like, mm -hmm. it's still got – it's an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes right now and a 94% audience score. Yeah, that, that's all you need to know. And and I, I kept telling people this all the time when uh, when it was coming up. But people were like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I don't hear people talking about it. I don't, not people, I don't, and I go – and I kept telling them the same thing. I'm like – who do they have as the leads? And they're like, Timothy Chalamet Zendaya. That's all you need. He plays an amazing Paul Atreides, too. He's got the absolute perfect look for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, he doesn't. He did an amazing, uh, an amazing job, and I can't wait to see what they do for part two. But like I kept telling everyone, who are the two biggest, two of the biggest young stars right now? Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet. Those are the perfect people to not, not just them, but like I've, like I'm just saying, like you get hot young actors in this, people will go and check it out, and there will be people who they might not want to read the books, 
when they went in or not realize there was a book, they're going to walk out and they're going to, oh shit, this is based off a book? I need to check this shit out. There's going to be people, there's going to be a few of those young uh, uh, fans of theirs that are going to look at it and be like, oh shit, I want to check this out. Like, I didn't know this was based off a book. I want to read it. There's going to be a crowd that's going to be like that. And like, I would not be surprised if like we start hearing all oh, like, you know, there's you no know, sales, uh, uh, sales have gone up on, on the, on the Dune novel. I was like, I hope so. That's what I would be like. I hope so. It's like, cause everybody will get more into the other novels. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and really it's like this thing needs to do well enough to where it gets the second movie and I hope it does well enough to where it gets the second movie and then the second movie does even better. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, let's do the next one. And let's oh, do the yeah, next one too. after that. Because, dude, they have fucking Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho. And, like, Duncan Idaho is in every single book. Like, okay. I don't, don't explain it to me. I, I won't. I, I so won't. We can, we can have a longer conversation, like, yeah, uh, off air or something like that if you want. I can kind of explain some now stuff. But get, they, they introduce more curious. They introduce another, like, r- race of humans in the second book that kind of specializes in cloning and and stuff like that and they're fucking wild dude they've got they've got these um uh so they've got all these different classes of of people like that are in their race and like kind of the lowest class are these people beings called face dancers and they can like morph and like basically like mystique from the x-men okay yeah, and they can look like other things, and then they do all these different, like, if you need, like, a, a body part, like, if you've got your arm blown off and you want to have it replaced, but not with a mechanical arm, you could deal with the, the Benny Tylax, and they will, you know, grow you a replacement arm. Damn. Like, they would take a okay. sample of your DNA and grow it in an axolotl tank. Yeah. And if you're like, what's that? They they won't tell you what it is. They'll just oh, give you man. your arm for a price. Oh man, I, I'm so. But I mean, I, I think we're gonna get a lot more Dune. I I think Warner Brothers and Legendary understand that you know we're in a situation right now where not everybody's going out to the theater still. Like a lot of people are still like, nope, not doing it. Yeah, I'm good. Blah blah blah. All this is bullshit, you know. But I'm. But they're gonna. They, once the word of mouth gets out, I'm sure more people will definitely want to check it out. Especially if they have HBO Max, they'll want to check it out. But what encouraged me that, that they'll they'll have more Dune stuff is like they've already they've got a showrunner who's working on the on the Bene Gesserit series. They're talking about doing like a series. Also, I didn't hear anything about that. No. They, oh yeah, dude. This was the series was announced when they were filming this part one uh, and the show, there was a showrunner initially, but uh, they took them off and the person, the person just got hired like what two, maybe three months ago uh, to, or maybe even more um, uh, to run the, to be the showrunner for the series. And supposedly she's an excellent writer and and I'm like, all right, you're you're going in for the series. Let's go. Come on. That means you you're, you have confidence in the movie. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. 
Oh, that's really exciting. I wonder, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more because I wonder when that would take place, like in the timeline. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, that that's uh, that's that's something I don't know yet. But uh, I know as soon as I find out, you know me because I'm the news guy for for CNET cast. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But uh, and I'll send you the article of, of um, when the showrunner was announced, and so you can check it out. Uh, oh, perfect. But yeah, but yeah, like when that came, when that news came out that they were going through with the series. Uh, I got. I was like, "All right, you have confidence in the movie, then. That means they're, they, we're going to have more." Oh and, man! I want yeah, so, so much like more. for you, for <laughs> you, it's it definitely something good. Like as as someone who's read all the novels and, and is a huge fan, it, it's definitely going to get you hyped. So, okay, dude. Okay, let me tell you some of these concepts that that he came that Frank Herbert came up with this. Um, so the reason that there are mentats in Dune is because there's a, a rule, like a, a like kind of a religious law that says no machine shall be made in the likeness of a human mind, because thousands of years in the past, humanity was taken over by this group of humans that called themselves the Titans. And part of how they did it was they had like one dude in their group that was like a really, really smart computer hacker, and he was able to kind of take over the globe with it. And so then they kind of divided up earth into like, you know, different sections that they were all kind of ruling. Well, this mm. guy decided that he was going to write a computer program to just automate all this defense stuff so that he doesn't have to do it. And then that turns into the first AI, which then spawns all these other AIs, but it's all just one Omni mind and they take over all of humanity and, and enslave humanity under the thinking machines. Wow. Where have you heard that before? <laughs> right? It's like, oh, yeah. shit. And, and that yeah. happened 10,000 years before the events of Dune. Like, that's just a history fucking footnote. But like <laughs> one of the one of those prequel trilogies that Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson wrote take place during that time. Really? Yeah. Well, it's 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 after like the the basically. Earth is firmly in the hands of the thinking machines. And humans are kind of out in space and there's a an ever-present war going on with them. And wow. then it's the events uh, leading up that they call the Butlerian Jihad, where this one woman who is taken captive on Earth, like, rises up and fights against the machines and kind of inspires this rebellion. And then they escape off world with her. And then they kind of turn her into like a little bit of like a political pawn and mm. saying like, oh, we have to you know, we have to fight the thinking machines and we're going to do it in her name. But really this guy that escaped with her is just kind of using it for political gain, just kind of using her name. But ultimately wow. good shit happens. And, you know, they yeah. have the big war with the thinking machines and then they, you know, they kind of defeat them, you know, or did they <laughs> type mm. shit. And then, yeah. um, so, I mean, that's one of those themes that's in this is this fucking war with the thinking machines. And, th and that's why you don't see like advanced computers and stuff in Dune. And instead, there's Mentats, which is basically like a human that's been trained to the point where their brain kind of functions like a high-level calculator. Nice, nice. Well, uh, speaking on that, Foundation does a little bit of that, too, where they've also outlawed uh, robots and thinking machines. Nice. That had to have just been a big theme, you know, in like 60s sci-fi, you know, especially when computers were really starting to to be yeah. a thing, you know. Like, why wouldn't that that tickle the recesses of your creative mind? And saying, oh, what if all this 
amazing computer technology went awry. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna die, people. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's like robots, like iRobot, also. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, iRobot comes from Isaac Asimov. That is an Isaac Asimov story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes from him. That that's uh that's except the movie, you know, is uh uh different from from what he wrote, but it's still the same concept, you know, about yeah. robots thinking and all that stuff and having personalities and i mean that's also blade runner and blade runner 2049 so okay kind of jumping back to how much you loved blade runner 2049 if i were to go in and watch that would it behoove me to watch the original blade runner first i would recommend it (laughs) that's kind of what i figured (laughs) okay so i need to carve out time to watch two long movies (laughs) no uh surprisingly um uh the you have to watch blade runner the final cut it's under two hours okay yeah just make sure it says the final cut that's the that's the that's the version everybody has to see that's the one don't watch the one in the the theater cut don't watch whatever other cut watch blade runner the final cut and then watch 2049 nice because i remember seeing the trailers for 2049 and thought it looked really really cool oh it's fucking beautiful it's a that that, and that was uh the second time i saw anna de armas see i think the first time i I think i was really only familiar with her from knives out no but she was spectacular in that yeah i haven't haven't seen war dogs war dogs with uh miles teller and uh jonah hill she's the girlfriend of uh miles teller's character and uh i remember the first time i saw her i was like i don't know who this girl is i was like she's fucking amazing i just went i'm like she's beautiful but she's fucking amazing i just remember saying that when i watched the movie and then and i I remember just as soon as i walked out of the theater i'm like I have to look this movie up. Who is that woman? I, I and and then you know I saw her in in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I was like, oh wow, you you're here too. And her her part is also like a really good part because of who she plays, um, and also the concept of you know machines and humans and can they feel and her character is it's just. So it's just really interesting, like, uh, like because of what they do with that. And then we, and then um, I, then that's when I saw her in in Knives Out later on. But she just, uh, she's a really good actress, really, really good. But uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, dude, it's visually amazing, and it's one of those films that, like, I, I always tell people if you're gonna check it out, like, make sure you have like the right TV and the right sound system because. It's you're just gonna sit there and just like whoa, because Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> well, you saw you saw Dune. It's the same thing with Twenty Forty Nine. <laughs> it's the same thing, just like visually amazing. You're just like holy shit. Yeah, when I saw that it was on that it released on HBO Max early, I was like, no, was like don't you like you've already got your ticket bought, <laughs> you've got oh, your time dude. off approved. Just be patient. And I'm so glad I waited and, and saw it. And, and I saw it in 3D. And I didn't. I, I would say that this is not one that you need to see in 3D, by by any measure. I mean, there was a few things in it that were that were kind of cool looking. But I mean, it was no Into the Spider Verse, you know, level of mind blowing 3D. IMAX. 
IMAX is all you need. I don't have an IMAX near. I've never actually seen something in IMAX. Oh wow! Ever? Oh. It's like it'd be a two-hour drive for me to to go Shit. to one. No, I, 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 there's no movie I would drive two hours for. <laughs> Trust me, and like like they, there have been like uh, screenings for certain movies here, uh, and it's like an hour and a half drive. And I would tell Steve, I'm like Steve, nah, we're not gonna drive down there. <laughs> I would tell him about it, and then I would tell him, Steve, it's in Miami. He's like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> we both do look at each other like. We really want to see it, but no, we're not driving down to Miami. That's an hour, hour and a half away. Then we got to drive back, and it's fucking 10 o'clock at night. And, and that's the part that, that I'm like, no, no, because it's like, okay, I'm going to walk out of this thing, and now I'm going to have to drive two hours back home. I'm going to get home super late. I I don't know. I, I, I'll do it sometime. It just needs to work out for me. And quite honestly, I can't believe that there's not one – because I, I live right near Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and it's like the second most populous city in the state. And it's like, really, you fuckers? One. You don't have a fucking IMAX? It should have one. We should, but stupid wow. Iowa. <laughs> hey, man, at least your state isn't going to go underwater soon, all right? So <laughs> Shit, you never know. <laughs> I live on the no, edge dude. of a fucking swamp, dude. <laughs> Well, all we need is one giant wave and Florida's underwater. <laughs> that is true. And you guys got so many fucking sinkholes and stuff down there. It's fucking terrifying. Dude, we're, you know Florida's below sea level, right? Like yeah. a foot below sea level. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm always just like, when is it going to happen? Just make it happen already. <laughs> oh, so much of your bedrock is just fucking porous limestone that actively has water flowing through it. The, uh, it's uh, like, that's frightening. <laughs> The, like, it, it reminds me of uh, remember that one that hit back in the mid 2000s and what was it in, in Indonesia or India uh, it was like it was around like November December the tsunami yeah 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 so like when that happened I think I was I went to New York like a few months after that happened and the people I was staying with I remember we were talking about it and shit and and they asked me what would you they asked the 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 dad of the family I was staying with, and he's like, "The fuck you expect me to do? I'll grab a chair and grab my beer, go to the roof and kiss my ass goodbye. I'm not going anywhere. You can't escape a giant tidal wave." <laughs> <laughs> I just went right on, man, right on. Exactly what I would do because there's nothing else to do. And this kid's just like, "You wouldn't try to say save you? Where the fuck am I gonna go? Like, where are we gonna go?" Tell me, where the fuck are we going to go? <laughs> when I was a little kid, my mom and dad bought a cabin outside the small town that I grew up in. And uh, I remember we were out there and there was this one old guy that like he lived out there. Like for everybody else, they just had cabins that they'd visit everyone. So this one dude, Wayne, Wayne actually fucking lived out there. And it was pretty cool because he actually had a phone. So it was the only place out there by the river where if you needed a phone call, you could go over to Wayne's cabin and use the phone. And uh, I remember one time and, you know, this is, you know, we're kind of in a tornado area in the Midwest here. And so most places, you know, it's like you kind of want a basement or like a storm shelter to go in if shit's really going to hit the fan. Well, where the yes. cabins are at, I mean, it's literally it's in the floodplain. It's right next to the river and all these cabins are up on stilts. And so like at the time, those cabins were up like maybe three feet or so off the ground. Um, since then, it's been flooded enough to where my dad actually had like uh 
he lifted the cabin way the fuck up so it's like eight feet off the ground now and put like cement pylons and shit under it like yeah he fucking went all out but back in the day it was just a little bit up off the ground definitely no no way you're gonna get a basement under one of these things and i remember my mom asking wayne she's like wayne what are you gonna do if a tornado comes and he's like grab another budweiser (laughs) <laughs> exactly Dude, like like th- there's some situations that we think that like we would do everything possible and then we re- then you once you like start to rationalize you're just like wait a minute yeah i'm not gonna do anything what the fuck's the point <laughs> i'm not gonna go anywhere now <laughs> that thing's gonna hit me no matter what <laughs> like, i used to have a reoccurring nightmare about tornadoes that i'd be outside oh And all of a sudden, there'd just be like a tornado in the distance or like it would be night and there'd be like a flash of lightning. And in that flash of lightning, you would see like a tornado backlit and it's like right on top of you. And I'd always wake up like in a fucking blind panic. Damn. Because it's like, that's some shit that can really fucking happen here. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine you watching Twister or like, oh, wow, this is cool. It's like, oh, my God, it's my life. No, there was there was parts of that like none of the storm chasing stuff, but this like a lot of like the small town shots and like, you know, like the aftermath of storms and what it was looking like in preparation for storms coming in all that. It was all like, you know, absolutely to a T, you know, what life in the Midwest is like. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you haven't lived until you've strapped yourself to some drain pipes and been in the middle of an F5 tornado. Yeah, no, I'm good, man. I I, I I like hurricanes. I can predict when they're coming. I, I know which direction they're heading in. <laughs> I tell everybody all the time, like, yeah, I'd love to live in another state if, as long as it has, like, a diverse enough area like South Florida does. But then I started thinking about the climate stuff, and I'm just like, you know what? I can handle hurricanes. I don't Florida's know about wild, snow. Dude. You guys get, like, every demographic. They're all in one little area well well south florida <laughs> <laughs> maybe just florida in itself just has stripes of weirdness like northern but, but, florida is very like southern united states right uh-huh uh-huh yeah and then like kind the, of mid florida is maybe kind of like the midwest and then southern florida is like like you know like cuban party town right it, it's a mix of everything like everybody <laughs> we always say the same thing the more south you go in florida the more north you are because it's like you're in new york you're you have you know, Cubans, you have Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and then you got a mix of South Americans and Central Americans uh, in all three counties. Like, it's like Northern, like, like these are the three counties, Palm Beach, which is the one I live in now. There's Broward, and then there's Miami-Dade, which is like, we're all the Cubans, and everybody talks about, it's like, oh my God, we got to go to Miami. Just newsflash people. It's not that glamorous. I'm telling you, it's not that great. <laughs> All right. Like you're talking about a town, a city that was built on cocaine and blood. Like (laughs) half those, the majority of those high rises are money laundering high rises. That's all they're there for. I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. You can look this shit up. I'm dead serious. You can look this shit up. (laughs) No, it's that's fucking for real, dude. Yeah. Like that cocaine cowboys show. Um, oh yeah on netflix is kind of like lays a lot of that movie have you seen the movie i've only heard like descriptions of it and like reviews i've heard it's really good it's really good don't watch part two part two is just it just goes it's all right it goes more into detail about some other stuff that wasn't fully explained in the first one but the first one is excellent excellent 
like really well done really gets into it but the way they did uh the one in netflix even better i was like oh wow that's how you fucking do a, a series on my on a part of miami that nobody knows about <laughs> but yeah that that shit is true man like nobody fucking everybody thinks it's like the movies and i'm like no it's not motherfuckers you need to see how fucked up it is down here it's not what you think <laughs> like i like like uh i have my friend in new york she always is like how can we never go to miami and i was like I don't need to go there. There's nothing down there that is that important for me to go see. Trust me. I'm not wasting an hour's drive where I can get drunk right here or fucked up right here. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, but I always tell her, like, because she lives in New York and she lives in uh, in Queens. I go, no, in Brooklyn. And she's like, do you go to the city all the time? I like, no, exactly. You don't need to go, right? He's like, no, exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't need to go to Miami. Trust me. I could do the same shit over here in Palm Beach or when I lived in Broward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, like, Chicago's only, like, four hours away. But it's, like, the only times I ever want to go to Chicago is if I'm, like, meeting friends from the Leftover Army. Otherwise, it's, like, why would I want to go and pay for one beer when I could pay for a whole six-pack at home? Exactly. Like, it's exactly. just, it's dumb. And you're going to pay an arm and a leg to fucking park your car somewhere. And uh, I don't know. I can go yeah. over the variety of reasons why I don't want to go into a city. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 or, or in my case, like, look, I, I'm, I'm the Anakin Skywalker of South Florida. <laughs> what do we have surrounded yes, by us? you hate sand, huh? <laughs> Beaches. And everybody's like, you, you're... Cause like I can get my skin can get dark as fuck. I, everybody was like, "Look, man, I can get dark as fuck." I just choose not to. Like, why? Do you know how hot it is out there? <laughs> it's not fucking like you know. I'm gonna go get tan. Like, no, it's fucking. Uh, it's hot as fuck out. I, my skin could fucking melt. All right, fuck you. I'm not going. Like, I those people who go to the beach all the time. Hey, that's cool. That's all of you. When you get skin cancer, talk to me. All right, I. I, I like don't get me wrong. I have been to the beach. I do go. I just not one of those people that has a desire to go every fucking day like some of these motherfuckers do. Right? Saying, no, and I'm also, saying, the no. ocean is where the sharks are. Oh, I, I'm not worried about that. I, I I'm worried about that. <laughs> no, nah, that, that's something I don't worry about down here. We don't live in Australia. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bull sharks everywhere, dude. <laughs> no, but uh, but uh, but the thing is that I'm. I went as a kid a lot, but once I got to be a teenager and adult and started doing it on my own, and I found all the like logistics to just to having to find a parking spot so yeah. I could find a good table, I just went, yeah, I don't want to go through all this bullshit <laughs> and like all this just to get a table. I was like, fuck this, man, this is bullshit. I just want to fucking uh, go out, have a swim, hang out with my friends excuse me, have a drink and, and then go back home and chill. And then there's the other part. I don't like getting my car dirty. I don't want sand in my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that picky. I've been asked when it comes to that I'm like, nah, man, you ain't fucking up my car. Like, like when my brother <laughs> wants to smoke a cigarette, I'm like, you better hold that motherfucking cigarette in your hand till we get the fuck out of this car. I was like, because there's no way in hell you're smoking my car, motherfucker. Oh, no, no. no I, I got a new car. Oh, shit. Like, going on 
on a year ago. Probably I've had it for a little while now. And yeah, there, there's been no no smoking in that. It's like, no, th- this has leather interior. There's no cigarette burns anywhere. And maybe a couple from because I got it used. But it's like, you know, there's not going to be anything new, new in this. No, no smoking in this car. And it's been nice because it still even kind of has a little bit of that new car smell. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I got uh, when was it um, October last year. So it's been a year. Uh, I got a 2020 uh, Kia Forte, and fucking my brother fucking borrows it one one night because he would he would, uh, he wanted to impress this girl. And the next day, I'm like, motherfucker! It smells like cigarettes in my car. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, I don't mind engineering the car, but come on, yeah, I just got it smoking in it that's not cool yeah i was like come on man like give me a fucking break i know you're trying to impress this girl but like, come on but I, and even i told him I'm like dude why didn't you go with your car yes you don't have a car of the year but i think she'd appreciate the fact that you would at least honest with her and then no, no i told her it was actually your car that i didn't want and she told him i was like why don't you just come in your car then if that i'm cool i don't care what you drive and i was like see like see it's like it's, it's, why couldn't you do that smoking your damn car <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is pretty rude yeah but you know it's my brother i i I'm, i was just like whatever fuck it who cares it's like yeah, after a while you yeah it, it, it just you know the principle like smoke new car man don't fucking stick it up or <laughs> car for this motherfucker you know how many cars i had to go through to to you know because you know you start off with like a shitty one, mm-hmm. then you get a semi good one, then you get a good one, and then you get one that's like, oh shit, it's the brand new zero miles. Shit. Yeah. You know, this is like, this is my, I think it was like my fourth one. Yeah, my fourth one where it was like zero miles, like for the first time. I was like, fuck yeah. It's like my fourth car, and it was the first time it was zero miles. I was like, you know how fucking proud I am of that? I go, like, that's, that's, that's work, <laughs> man. Like, how many used cars I had to go through to get one with zero miles? Shit. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely noticed the the older I get, the better care I take of all my stuff. Yeah, it, it, it it's just how it is, and, and and you know when you're young, you just you're just reckless. You just don't care. You just you think you're gonna be invincible, and then next thing you know, you're just like, oh shit, fifty is like right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like the the taking care of stuff, it started with books too. Oh yeah, because like I remember, I like I'd I'd have books and I'd be so stoked about them, and then I'd tell friends about them and I'd be like, "Oh, here you can borrow this," or you know, they'd ask if oh. they could borrow it. Like, yeah, here you go. And then I'd like they'd give it back with like, or I'd be watching them read it, and they'd be taking a paperback and like folding it in such a way mm-hmm. so that like the the front and back cover are touching. It's like, what nah. are you doing? Are you just trying to destroy the spines of my book? Or they'd like dog ear pages instead of using a bookmark. Oh, no. And I remember like it came to a head in wood shop class one day. And so we were sitting actually out in the shop. And so Some kid pissed you off and you chopped off his finger in the middle of class. <laughs> not not that quite aggressive. But um, so all these tables that we'd sit at, it was like kind of like a raised workbench type table that were like these really big squares. And in the middle of every table was this big, like, corrugated, flexible tubing that was probably like six inches in diameter that would come down to the middle of the table, and then it had a big metal funnel on the end, and then it had, like, this sliding, like, kind of like trap door type thing that would slide in and out, and so when you would open it up, it would then 
like basically the big hose thing coming down was like a uh, uh like a shop vac outlet for the dust collection system in there and so when you opened it up you know you could clean up all the sawdust and bullshit like that on the table and so mm-hmm. i loaned somebody my copy of ann rice vampire lestat and we were sitting nice. in class and there was sawdust all over the shit and so he was taking this big ass thing uh, granted this thing is big enough to where you could put it on your head and wear it you know like a medieval helmet yeah right and he's like going over all of his stuff and my book gets sucked right up into the fucking thing and uh, like rips the front cover off and like a couple of pages with it and like i remember just looking at him the whole time like saying nothing reacting in no way just blankly staring at him like you fucking motherfucker and the whole time he's like, he knew he fucked up. And the whole time he's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm going to buy you a new copy of that. I never got a new copy of it. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'm I'm the asshole that I would have hassled it until he we went to the store together and I saw him pay for it. I, I, I there's no way in hell I would have let him get away with that. I, I'm sorry. And me, I'm the asshole. It's like, no, motherfucker, we're going to the we're going to get the book right after school. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you got to do. I don't care if you got to babysit your brother or sister or whatever. You're, you're bringing them with us. I don't give a fuck. I want my fucking book. <laughs> I, 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 that's uh, – but this is also coming from a guy who sold all his Goosebumps books when he was 12 years old because I was just like, ooh, money. <laughs> He's a good guy. One of my favorite shop class memories is with that kid. His name is Roger. And I remember Roger, there was a there was a substitute teacher down in the shop class one day. And the substitute nature, uh, substitute's name was Mr. Lynch. And at some point, I want to get Mr. Lynch on this podcast because he's like been doing like professional movie reviews since like the 80s or something oh, wow. like that. And like like on like public radio and stuff like that. So you just have a great voice. And I, I got to get in touch with him at some point to do it. Um, but anyway, Roger bullshit Mr. Lynch that he had permission, and this was in metals class, so he bullshit Mr. Lynch that he had permission to make this big, like, fucking sword out of, like, quarter-inch plate steel. And so he, like, cut the thing out with a torch and then was over on the grinding wheel, like, cleaning it all up, and it looked like this big fucking giant machete that was, like, maybe, like, three feet long or something, right? Holy shit. Yeah, and so he spends the whole class cutting this thing out into shape, trimming it up, sharpening it. And so then Mr. Lynch takes it at the end of class and goes, well, if, if Mr. Slifka said you can have this, you can you can get it from him tomorrow in class. And so Roger's kind of like, oh, shit. And so the next day, and Mr. Slifka was one of those guys where you could, he was a good guy, but but I think if you were like one of like the dorky kids or like a, a soft target for getting picked on, say like by jocks or something like that, I think yeah. he was kind of one of those teachers that would kind of like dogpile on and do kind of like jock type shit. He was right? probably a fucking jock in high school. Well, he was, and he was one of the football coaches and shit like there that. You he, go. that he was so always deep. really good to me, but just the, some of the jokes and stuff I'd see him play on some of the kids. I was like, that's not very cool or professional of you to do that. Um, yeah. But anyway, this this thing that he did to Roger was kind of along those lines, but it was also kind of brilliant. When we came into class that next day, he had that thing marked off in one inch segments with a Sharpie and he handed it to Roger with a hacksaw and a box of replacement blades. And and Roger's like, like, well, I'm just going to cut it up with the torch. He's like, I don't want you to cut it up with the torch. I want you to cut it up with a hacksaw. And it took him the whole rest of the week. And so he made him cut it up into all those pieces. And then he made him weld it all back together and then cut it up again. <laughs> what the fuck? He went through a fuckload of blades. And uh, um, 
God, the, the other thing, the thing that he did that I thought was pretty fucked up was in basic auto, he was teaching us how to check a, a spark plug for spark. Did you ever, did you ever learn how to do that in school or, oh, or anything? I, 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 uh, I um, got out of high school early, but I didn't finish. I took the GED. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know how to check a spark plug for spark? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So basically you just, you hold it and you be sure and hold it by that white ceramic part. You don't touch any of the mm-hmm. metal on it. Cause that's where it conducts electricity. And then you just kind of hold that spark plug, you know, close to like the frame or something and then pull back on that rip cord and you should see a little spark jump that gap. Right. Yeah, so the yeah. big, the important things are don't touch the metal or it will shock you. And so while he's going through all this, there's this kid in the back of the class that's like talking. And so then hmm. Mr. Slifka is like, you know, hey, so-and-so, why don't you come up here and demonstrate the correct way you know, to, <laughs> to check an engine or check a spark plug for spark. And so this kid comes up and he like holds the spark plug like in a closed fist. And like, and this isn't on like a, a single cylinder lawnmower engine. This is on a 300 cubic inch six cylinder inline Ford engine <laughs> that was on like a big stand in the shop for like display purposes. Oh, so shit. big six cylinder engine, right? He's holding this thing in a closed fist. I swear to God, Mr. Slifka's eyes got big and like he looked like an evil cartoon character. And he was like, is that the correct way to hold that? And the kid's like, yeah. And he smiled and goes, OK, let's see. And he turned that key over and then he didn't let off. <laughs> I shit oh you not. God. The kid couldn't That's let great. go of it. And he's like shaking and his fucking hair stood out on end like a cartoon character oh my god I, but not, the entire time i'm like that's not right for a teacher to do that to it's me. not it's not you know what would happen today <laughs> yeah i mean this was my 90s dude. This, was, this was probably yeah, like I mean, 97 98 yeah uh there's you know it, you, you'd have a shop teacher who was missing a finger in those days yeah <laughs> 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 yeah that that time it, it was a different time man it, it's I, I always tell these guys like my nephews i'm always like you guys have no idea how easy you guys got <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know if that school has a shop program anymore no they have like like my my nephew last time i spoke about school to him he was taking he was telling me he was taking a robotics class i was like what he's like all That's right wild. i was like in high school he's like yeah i was like okay cool all right he's gonna build a machine that's gonna kill us <laughs> <laughs> well I, I know some of the the bigger schools that are in like cedar rapids they've got like i remember there's some of the schools they have like an electric car program where the students will like build an electric car and then they'll go and race it against other schools that build them shit see and, that see we, we we were born in the wrong time <laughs> <laughs> well i remember there was like kind of a tragedy that happened i think over a decade ago there, there was some student that got in that car and was testing it out oh, and shit. it was going really fast and it like kind of went under like a hand railing type thing Ooh. and the car went, everything fit under it except for her head and it broke her neck <gasps> and she died. Yeah. And so that was like a, a huge tragedy. Ugh. But I, I remember hearing that story and being like, oh, my God, that is so sad. But then also being like, wait a minute, they have high school kids building electric cars. <laughs> Your mind went to like the cool stuff. Like, oh, so sad. Wait, what? Yeah, like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But but super sad that that tragedy happened. I mean, yeah. I, 
Oh man, as a parent, I couldn't even imagine. Oh yeah, dude, the, the the pain uh, it, of going yeah, through it, something like that. Dude, like it happened in my family, not to my to my dad's sister with my cousin. Whew. Oh. It was it, it was I'd never seen her break down that way. Like like I've seen you know, you see her cry before, uh but that day I was like, Holy shit. I was like, Wow. Like I couldn't believe it. Like, like it, it just like how she just looked that day. Uh, it, 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 I had come like I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, "What?" Because like I saw the traffic too. I didn't know it was because the accident my cousin was on. I got home and then my dad just comes around the corner and he's like, "Your cousin's dead." I'm like, "What?" what? <laughs> yeah, and then like we found out before the cops even alerted us. We already knew before the cops alerted the, my aunt, so we had to go get my aunt and tell her what. Like what happened, and she's like, "What's going on with my son? What happened?" Like then my dad said, "She just poof, broke down right there, dude." Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's you know, and it was an unfortunate accident that just you know, drunken people. He wasn't drinking. The person that hit him was fucked up, and that's so tragic. Yeah, and and you know, here's the fucked up part, even more fucked up. His birthday is August seventh. The accident happened August fourth. Oh, he was no. nineteen years old. That's yeah. so sad. Yeah, so like, like I, I, I'm not a parent, but I treat my niece and nephews like they were my kids. So like, I watch over whenever my brother asked me to watch over them. I mean, even though the oldest is you know in high school, I still think of him as a little kid, and and I'm always just like I'm always worried about them like a like a parent. Even but I. I know it for my brother, like, I know he'd fucking lose it if something happened to any of his kids. So, like, but in my, like, even my grandfather's, like, I remember when the accident happened, like, my grandma was in Honduras. And uh, the people from the countryside of Honduras came to the house in the city we, our family lives in. And they asked her, who did it? Because I, my grandpa had always said, if anything ever happens to any member of my family, we're going to wipe out everyone in that person's family. I'm like, I don't believe that shit. <laughs> Whatever. Dude, people showed up from the countryside asking my grandmother who did it. We know people in Florida that could take care of the family. I was like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, they told me, I was like, yeah, people from the countryside showed up. Like, we got back up like that. I did not believe it. I was like, yeah. Like, for years, I never believed my grandfather when he told me that shit. And then that happens. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah. Like, that's how deep our family gets. Like, I was like, alrighty then. Like, I did not know that shit. That's some. <laughs> all right. I, I can see why, you know, you keep us away from all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's keeping it real. Yeah. I, I The look on my face when my dad told me that, yeah, family came. Like, people from... We went to visit the family asking what happened. My grandma had to explain to him, no, it was just an unfortunate accident. Are you sure? You don't want – we know someone that can take care of the fa those the family of those people. I was like, no. And my grandma was it was an unfortunate accident. Please don't do anything. And I was like, holy shit. This is some, like, mafia shit out here. Like, <laughs> right? what the fuck is this? <laughs> but it's just how, like, how deep my grandpa – not, like, in bad stuff, but just – how much they knew him, like, cause, it, like the the town that he's from is a small little town. Like, you could like 
drive through it in 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes, you know, but he was a mayor there, but people knew him because he was such a good man. So like any, if anybody did anything, like they would back him up. That's just, just like, like the, my grandfather is a, a badass dude. I, and this is a real story and I'm not afraid to tell it. Like the man killed four people in his life that I know of. Whoa. Mm-hmm. The man, the, the first one that I know that he killed, uh, it was a military soldier, uh, in Honduras. Uh, the, my grandma was in the kitchen cooking. My dad was only like a couple of months old at the time. And my grandma was a very good looking young woman. And the soldier snuck in behind the, into the house and tried to, to rape her. And my grandpa hears it fights with gets in come uh, my grandpa hears it as he's walking out and he runs back into the house and fights him and the guys uh, and he's fighting with him the guy pushes him and is about to shoot my, my grandfather is running so he won't get shot so in the in the moment that he trips my grandfather grabs his gun turns around puts the bullet right in his mouth Whoa. yeah my grandfather's on the run on the run for six months and once, like, you know, they resolved the case and everything, they only gave him, I think, a couple of months because it was, you know, in self-defense of his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were like, all right, we're only going to give you, like, this many months. And and that's it. Like, my dad even showed me this was the picture your grandfather carried around for six months after he killed that guy. Like, I, you know, your, your grandfather didn't see you, your grandma or your uncle or me for six months because he was on the run for killing a guy from the military. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, That's no fucking, fucking way. Wild. Yeah. And the other time that I know that he told me about is there's a friend of his, older gentleman, that, you know, he always looked out for and helped him out. And the he had gotten into town and they told him, Arnoldo, they killed so-and-so. I'm like, who did it? Like, they're, they're on the run. They're by the river, blah, blah, blah. It's like, let's go. They went into the river, by the river, and just... Where are they at? What area? Like that, around that area. And they found and they found them. And he just says, when I tell you to light me up, light me up. And that man took his gun, shotgun, just light me up. Boom. Douche. Light me up. Douche. Light me up. Douche. Took all three of them out. Like nothing. Oh. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, those are, I'm just like, and he, when he told me that shit, he's like, and I'm not telling you I did that, you know, like with joy or anything. It's just, you know, how do you kill an old man just because you want to steal from him? Yeah. And I was like, it's like, that's not right. And he was a friend of mine. So I had to do the right thing and defend him. And I was like, all right, it's understandable. I go, I, I get it. And like, and he's, he even told me like, when you ever, if the opportunity ever comes for you to shoot a gun, I don't ever want you to, but just know that you hold your breath in. And he like tried to teach me about. He tried to teach me, and I was just like, you know what? I don't want to know. And he's like, why? I don't want to. Like, I'm good. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I just hearing you and what you did in your life. That's enough for me. <laughs> like, and like, and he like he showed me guns and everything. He like he. When I was a kid uh, and all that stuff, but like, I never like asked him to show me. I never wanted to learn because I was just like, "Nah, I'm good. 
I'm that's not something I, I need in my life. <laughs> like I I just hearing your stories is enough for me to like, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> guns are bad. <laughs> Dude, I, I grew up on guns. Like I, I learned to shoot like rifle and shotgun as soon as I was old enough to like hold one up. And I, I went I through I, Hunter's safety. I think you either have to be eleven or twelve to do it. Maybe you have to be eleven. I don't remember anymore, but basically it's like the, the youngest age you could go through Hunter's safety is when I did that. And I remember being so excited about it. And on the last day, it was like three, three days to do it. I think it was like two classroom days. And then the last day it was like, they'd take you out to a gun range with all these different sorts of guns to shoot. No handguns. This was all just shotguns and different types of rifles and stuff. But, um, like from, from when I was, old enough for my dad to take me out and just start throwing clay pigeons up. Like I was out and like shooting them with a 410 and like hitting clay pigeons on the fly. Like I was always really good with a shot because shotguns, intuitive shooting. You just point. Yeah. There's no aiming with a shotgun. And so it's really fun. And then like, (laughs) as a result, like I was really excited about bird hunting when I was a kid. Like I used to get up like in the dark and go and like walk through the woods with dad and his friends to go sit in like a, you know a freezing cold duck blind on a fall morning and then be there sitting in the blind as the sun's coming up waiting for you know groups of ducks to come flying in and you got all your decoys floating out in the water and like you know trained labrador retrievers in the blind with you just waiting to swim out and bring them back and true yeah i can imagine that lifestyle (laughs) it was fun just like sitting there with dad and all of his friends and um and like one of the guys that would go out duck hunting with us was a professional baseball player Wow, nice. And so I always thought it was so cool that uh, and his name was Cal Eldred and he played for the, he was a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and he was local to the area that I grew up. I grew up in Center Point and and Cal grew up in the, the neighboring town, Urbana. And nice. w- when I was in elementary school, Urbana and Center Point joined and became a consolidated school district. And wow. And so, you know, Cal Eldred was kind of became like a household name when when he joined the or you know got drafted into the nba or however that shit works and mm-hmm. then it was like oh wow so now i see mean, him out in the, in the duck blind <laughs> you mean major league baseball you said nba i was like oh no, not nba i'm not a sports ball person but but i do know the difference between fucking basketball and baseball <laughs> that's just perfect i'm not a sports ball person <laughs> dude i tried when i was a kid you know because growing up in rural iowa especially in like small town there isn't fucking there's nothing to do and so it was all little league in the summertime and you know all all my friends talking about whatever games were on tv and stuff and like my my dad is like like purportedly interested in sports but i never like i'd occasionally catch him like listening to like a hawkeyes football game or watching a football game or something like that but like never he was never the guy that was like you know, I'm going to sit at home and, and watch, you know, sports on TV. It was more if dad had time off, like he was out in the woods hunting, doing something like that. Oh, that no. was kind of more the angle that my dad came from. So I didn't grow up in this sports household. And so, oh, no, I mean, and like <laughs> that, I, that's that's the basis. <laughs> dude, I just I could not like I even tried. I remember I got all excited. I was like, I'm going to watch Monday Night Football. I'm going to make an effort. So that I can join in the conversation with my friends. And I remember I popped a big bowl of popcorn and my mom and dad, we had like 
<clears throat> just a couple of, I think maybe two TVs in the house that actually had cable. The one in the living room and the one upstairs in my mom and dad's master bedroom. And so I'm like, I've got my popcorn. I'm going to go up in mom and dad's room and I'm going to watch this football game. I, I couldn't even make it through the whole game. Like I was wow. like doing like flips on their on their bed and stuff because it was like, <laughs> this is so I, I'd rather stare at the fucking wall than, than watch <laughs> this game. It is so boring to me. But I think everybody needs to have a, a passion for a thing. And so yeah. it's like, I don't begrudge people who, you know, sports are their thing. That's cool. Because when you don't have passion for a thing, that's how you start believing in shit like QAnon and shit like that. You know, you need a good positive hobby of something to do. Yeah. And so for, for many, many Americans, sports is that thing. But man, I have, I've never been able to do it. I've never, like, in like, for the longest time, my father-in-law worked at Adidas. And so when they'd have shirts that were... You know, let, let's say that they were cutting into a box and they accidentally nicked a shirt with a razor blade or something. Okay, now we got to toss this one aside. You, you give it to you. Yeah, and so I had all these shirts. And I, I remember I was in line at a subway one time and the person making my sandwich just kept asking me about college basketball, about, about <laughs> trades and all this shit. And every question, I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know. And then finally, he's like, he's like, you don't know anything about what's going on with insert sports name team i'm like not a clue he's like why are you wearing the shirt and i look down i'm like oh i couldn't have even told you i was wearing a shirt that had a sports team on it dude i'm like and then i and then instead of i've since learned when it happens you just smile and nod with them and then if they seem stoked just act stoked also if they seem bummed like oh i know i can't believe they didn't make that that basket goal you know, <laughs> oh, they really got fucked by the refs. <laughs> but back then I would explain. And so here I am talking to somebody about, well, actually, my father-in-law works at Adidas and I just got this shirt for free and I have a job that destroys T-shirts working in a warehouse. So here we are. <laughs> OK, I'll take my sandwich and fuck off now. Yeah. Oh, man, no, not in my house, man. It, it's, <laughs> it was it, it sports, despite my dad not speaking English. He loved football. He grew to love football. He's like, look, man, if I didn't have learned to love football, because think about this, you're a guy coming from Honduras. At that time, there was barely any soccer, not even on Spanish television. So he, uh, he learned football and he became a Miami Dolphins fan and got to learn about the sport. So I learned football once we got, you know, pretty soon there was, channels giving soccer but not that many but we were watching soccer and as time went on we just got into soccer you know like like the world cup leagues from from europe like i love european soccer like i I tell everyone i'd rather watch european soccer than watch um any soccer league in the in the americas they're like why (laughs) you kidding me have you seen the fucking like style of play over there it's fucking amazing compared to over here uh and i i grew up watching soccer i grew up watching football every sunday with my dad at his cousin's house down here in florida um you know i played basketball as a kid and but the thing that the only reason i could never excel in the sport in any of the sports i got injured or very young like I, I'm a walking like miracle of, of of medicine. Sometimes I say it was like, why? 
<laughs> where do you want to start? <laughs> it's like I can start from my head and then work my way down of the injuries I've had regarding just anything stupid that's happened to me, including, uh, you know, just walking. <laughs> what was like the first big injury you got? I got a rock thrown at me when I was six years old for stealing a mango. Wow. How big of a rock? And then from how far away? Not that far. Uh, and, you know, six years old, you're not that fast. <laughs> all, I, all I remember from it is they, they said it's like, dude, it was amazing. You're running and all you see is the old man throwing the rock at you. And, like, I still have the scar in the back of my head. <laughs> like, it was an adult. Away. An adult yeah. threw a rock at a child for stealing a piece of fruit. <laughs> yeah. So all you have. It seemed all like, dude. All we remember is you, you fucking running, and all of a sudden you just go ding, and your head just went one direction, and your body just went down. I was like, oh, oh shit. god, that probably bled yeah. horrifically. Also, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> uh, there's so, that. so where's that family in the countryside, and will they pay that guy a visit? <laughs> Holy Who shit! Knows? What knows? kind of yeah. fucking psycho throws a rock at a child's head? Who knows, man? But that. Um, uh, I broke my thumb fighting in middle school. Oh, you broke your thumb? Yeah, and on my right hand. I'm, I'm like, oh, here's I, the, that's here's what, that was going to be my follow up question: of right hand, left hand, and and did it affect your writing? Okay, so I'm semi ambidextrous. Uh, I can throw with my right, but I can't write with it. I can write with my left, but I can't throw with it. I can <laughs> kick with both legs. So, like, in soccer, that was always good. Like, I could play on either side of the field. Uh, um, yeah, so that's really weird. Uh, for eating, I have to use my left hand. I can't use my right. It's really fucking weird. So, wow. the thumb that I broke, yeah, the thumb that I broke was my left thumb. And it was the end of the school year. <laughs> so, you can imagine how doing tests was like, it's like, I was like, yo, can I get some excuse here? Like, <laughs> like use your right hand. So, yeah, like, yeah, that, that, like. I, Did they give you one of those it. derpy thumbs up casts? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. And I think in fifth grade, on the end of year trip to Disney, trying to impress a girl, I tried to jump over a railing and my foot got caught and I fucked up my arm. Oh, <laughs> like no. I had to walk around. Yeah, I had to walk around with it. The rest of the trip was holding my arm up to my body. <laughs> <laughs> Left arm too. <laughs> God, you're Mr. Glass. <laughs> no, uh, uh, let's see. Um, basketball. My left ankle. I broke it. Oh, oh, a broken one. Yeah, like dude. How up, painful like, was like, that? Ooh, like here's the fun part. It was first period. I walked around the rest of the day like that. No. Until my mom came to pick me up. How big was your I, ankle by then? big by the time we got to the hospital <laughs> the, the doctor said yeah there's nothing we can do just gotta let the swelling go down and and that's it like if in order to fix it we have to break it again and i was like nah we're good oh, <laughs> dude. So like I, I like i walk normal everything's fine i just have a bone sticking out in and my ankle just a little bit that's it uh in my left ankle uh playing soccer Dude, uh, I, I twist my ankles like all the time, and so I can only imagine how painful it would be to actually break it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was not nice. <laughs> uh, and that that was when I was fifteen. Dude, I was I playing was... tennis with my wife one time, and like she was fucking rocking my world in it because she's pretty good, and I'm I suck. 
And so for me, it's just all running back and forth. And dude, I was running to the right and planted my foot hard and my leg just kept going. And I rolled my ankle so violently that I had road rash from the surface of the court, like on my ankle. It was, oh God, it was just fucking, I've done it so many times too, that it's like, I've, I've lost count over the years and it's like, I just have to pay. Like I, I can't just go on autopilot because I've done it on flat fucking cement before. Wow. And it's like, I'll just be walking for whatever reason. I'll step and just one of my ankles will just be like, mm, not showing up for the gig today, Joe. Shit. Damn. <laughs> and then it's like, just fail. Damn. So let's see. When I was 17, my left knee playing soccer, uh, I was playing forward and we needed somebody else to come in. So I was like, I'll go back and play defense. So we bring in a forward and not even five minutes into playing defense, the ball's coming down. And I go up to give it a kick, and the forward from the other team comes right from my leg, right where my knee is, and all you hear is pop. <laughs> I never, had, and it was in Honduras too. So I just went, yeah, I'm not going to a hospital here. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so I I limped uh, the rest of my trip until I got back home here, and they looked at it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, like you have may have some ligament damage. I was like, okay, we're good. I, that's gonna be a long time where I can't walk. <laughs> it's like fuck that. So <laughs> did you ever have to get food. surgery on any of these things, or was it more just no rub some no, dirt I, on it? it <laughs> no, I've never I've never had surgery for any of these things. Like no lie to you, like I played sports up until my mid twenties, uh, uh, until I, when I fucked up my eye. And still, like, you know, with no problems with a broken ankle, with a fucked up knee, uh, bad back. Also so what'd you do to your eye? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the eye, the right eye is actually two incidents. Uh, before my 21st birthday, uh, the restaurant I was working at, uh, my cousin was working there and I went to go pick him up. <clears throat> and my the assistant manager is bragging about how he could beat anyone. He's the most athletic. Mind you, I know me. I'm athletic. I Despite being, you know, in my early 20s, I was still in pretty good shape. I still ran pretty fast. So he's like, I could beat anybody at anything. I was like, race me. I'm wearing sandals That's all, and shorts and a shirt. <laughs> he's like, no, man, you're not wearing shorts. I'll race you barefoot. Don't worry about it. We go outside. We're racing. He's like, and we, boom, we go. We're racing. I know I'm beating him. Like, I, I see it. And something happens when I look to my right to see where he's at. It looks like my friend said that, like, like my foot just, like, went limp, my right foot. And I just, like, it's like you th- he's like, bro, it's like you threw a slab of meat at the butcher chop when your body landed. Oh. <laughs> but here's the interesting part. The only part that hit the concrete was my right eyebrow. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And you were that, moving forward at, like, a running clip. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and it's like, dude, it's like a slab of meat just hit the pavement. <laughs> so all I'm doing is the pain is right here. And I get ice and everything. And my uncle, who's who studied medicine, is at the house because the family had just come from Honduras. And he looks at it, he's like... Yeah, it's not going to be good. Put ice, put this on it. But I'm telling you, it's not going to be good tomorrow morning. I was like, what do you think? You're like, 
we'll see in the morning. Dude, I wake up the next day, my whole uh, eye is shut, and it's so swollen right up to like the beginning of my forehead at the top of my head. Yikes. All of that is swollen. It took two months for it to go down. I literally had <laughs> congealed blood like an inch thick. The last month of it just slowly going away. Oh yikes! Like, yeah, I had to walk, and I was working at a restaurant too. So, and my <laughs> my manager just looked at me and was like, "I don't know how you're gonna work like that, but you gotta work like that." <laughs> I was like, "No shit! Like, how do you think I'm gonna fucking walk around like this, man?" And it was purple too. Oh, it looked like I had like a giant like uh softball growing out of my head. <laughs> it's such it's a like not it's a- macho story. Wow, dude, how'd you get that? Uh, I was racing somebody barefoot and I just kind of flopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But the way my friend tells it is it's even better because he's like, dude, it's like, bro, I just just got slab of meat just hit the ground. That's all I remember from it. <laughs> it's like blah, like like the 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 fucking butcher just grabbed the cow and went boom threw it on the, on the table and said all right let's cut this baby up <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends kind of did that one time where he just would you say a slab of meat just hitting the ground it reminds me of this where he hit the ground bounced like he managed to keep his chin up in the air so he didn't face plant into the ground it was just all chest and stomach but he just kind of like bounced and then with the momentum carry just kind of rolled and popped up on his feet and just brushed himself off it was like i'm cool we're all like, what Damn. the fuck? Like, Holy shit. we had found this perfect ditch, like, right next to this four-way intersection, where if you'd take off going really, really fast down Summit Street, you could pop down onto Orange Street, or pop down into the ditch, and then ramp up onto Orange Street. And it was just, like, perfect the way it worked out, and so we were just taking turns going and seeing who could get the biggest air off this thing. And I had had this Damn. brand new... Uh, kind of dope looking six speed bike so it was like a bmx frame but it had like a shifter that was kind of up by where the handlebars connected to the the fork and like you would just shift it up and down kind of like on the floor of a car to go between gears one and six and i remember my buddy willie was like oh let me try it on your new bike and so he fucking did this jump and landed all front tire and so he just went right over the handlebars and then did that bounce and roll and popped right up to his feet shit (laughs) but it was it was like it was like a slab of meat hitting the ground and we were all like we all like visibly and audibly were like oh like fuck that had to have hurt and fuck he 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 shrugged it off like it was nothing fuck yeah i i've I've done that with a lot of things too but you know the next day is the issue but (laughs) yeah um, he probably hurt like a motherfucker yeah like uh (laughs) but yeah with the the how i lost the eyesight though was actually the the most dumbest way possible contacts i i got a bad batch of contacts and uh uh, my eye got infected and uh i forgot how everything happened i was like all within a week by thursday my eye was fucking red and everything by friday uh it was bothering me so much i couldn't take it i kept trying to take the medicine they had given me for it wasn't for an, uh, an infection i had a couple of weeks before in the same eye and they weren't working. And by that Saturday, I woke up full blown infection. It was uh, right on my cornea. Oh no. Did you end up losing yeah. your eye? 
I close, close, wow, very close. Like my cornea, they said, was so thin, it was thinner than a piece of paper. Wow. Yeah, so like me just rub. You know how you wake up sometimes and you rub your eyes in the morning. They said that could have popped my eye. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, but you know, they gave me all the medication and everything. I was supposed to have a uh, corneal transplant, but um, uh, this was with the discount, by the way, that they were giving me thirteen thousand dollars for the surgery. <laughs> oh, this was geez. in. This was in two thousand six. If I remember correctly, yeah, and that's with the discount. The regular price, price, no discount, almost twenty eight thousand dollars. I just went, yeah, I know my insurance is gonna cover that, <laughs> I like, right? I strictly, I strictly went to the doctor. Uh, can I live like this? No problems. Like if I get hit in the face, like nothing. Yeah, no, you're you're fine. You just you know, like your eyes are gonna be out of focus and you can't and everything's going to be blurry. I'm like, that's fine. I'm good. <laughs> like, I've been driving like this for the last few months anyway since I got the eye infection. And it was a very, very, very bad infection. Like, I'm telling you, for, like, the first month, I had to be kept an eye on because the pain from the infection would hit me so hard that, like, I would wake up in the middle of the night oh, with no. pain. Yeah, like, I, one of the first nights I woke up with pain – it, I was crying like a baby because I couldn't take the pain anymore. It was, it was. I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I can't do this. Like, I, I was ready to pop my own eye out. And I was oh. like, take it out. Yeah, so much it hurt. Um, Dude, pain, but, pain in your head is the worst. Like, yeah. it's like um, about a week ago, I had like a like a minor ear infection of some sort going on in my right ear, and it, it lasted for just shy of a week. But it was to the point where it's like I couldn't chew food even like I Ooh. like I felt like I couldn't even close my jaw fully on the right side or it would just cause shooting pains throughout my whole jaw and everything. And then within a you know less than a week, it was completely gone. But it was like, OK, I'm going to have to wake up in the morning, take two ibuprofen in the middle of the day, take two more and before bed, take two more. Fuck that. And it was like, okay, if I have to do this for more than a week, I'm going to actually go to the doctor. And, but yeah. no, it, it cleared up before then. And so I was like, all right. Pain in the head is, <laughs> but man, speaking <laughs> of contact stuff, one of my, one of my friends that I used to rock climb with all the time is a, she's an ophthalmologist for the university of Iowa. And like, I would always be, I would always perpetually be wearing like, two week disposable lenses oh were like God, two months that. old. Don't do that. No. And she, and she, <laughs> and she would always be like, like Joe, just go get new contacts. And that's at the time where it was like, you know, I, I, I wasn't like I, the, the warehouse job I bat, I had back then, you know, it wasn't like we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck still. Yeah. And so it was like, fuck, I, I need to make, you know, I need to go buy contacts and like get them for like a half a year prescription and like or like you know whatever uh, amount of contacts and stretch it out to a year because it's like you know i'm not made of money to do this and she's like look if i were if you were to come with me you know down down to the university of iowa and like i were to put one of your contact lenses under a microscope you'd be fucking horrified what it looks like she's like stop wearing those things longer than two weeks seriously yeah and and, and this was i 
I, I was just like, I, once people find out about what happened to me, they like stop wearing their contacts like kind of regular. <laughs> I have a friend who I worked with when when I told her the story, like when I first met her, she was just like, the fuck? And then after that, like I saw her move with her glasses. And she's like, nah, man, you scared the shit out of me. Like, I'll still wear my contacts, but not as often as I used to. I'm like, okay, yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't wear them near as much and, anymore now. Yeah, like once people hear my story, they freak out. And they're like, "Nah, I'm good." Like That's I don't, gnarly. I don't mean. It, yeah, it, it was just it, a, a contact that just happened to have like a like a bacteria or something in it, or yeah, and it, and it, I I think so, yeah. And it was like the most severe eye infection you can get. The doctor said, "God, that is like, fucking gnarly." No, no, yeah, and it was bad, dude. Because in it, like when it first hits, I had to go to the like, mind you, it's I'm, I had to go deep miami i'm talking south miami all the way down to the university of miami like down there and i'm living in palm beach at the time because uh and that's like an hour and a half drive every other day that i had that had someone have to take me because i couldn't go by myself because it was the pain the the first few weeks and it was every other day for like the first month and then the next month, it was every three or four days until it just became once a week until, like, for four months, it, it was like that, man. It, it was a bitch, and it was the worst four months of my life that I, I've ever experienced. And I just, after that, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take care of myself more often now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, this is what I get for not, like, being smart, <laughs> being an idiot. Yeah, you know, because when you're young – it's just how it is. You, you think you're invincible and then, you know, something you do something stupid and you realize, oh, shit, you know what? I should have listened. <clears throat> and that's all it was with me. I just I should have listened, you know, <laughs> make, make sure they're clean, wash them out, make sure there's no bacteria on them. <laughs> Take how's them your, out. How's your eyesight in that eye now? Oh, dude, like I need surgery still. Like, like I, I've gone to get my my eye exams for when I need new glasses, and they recommended me to like the best place to go to here. I just the only time they're open is Monday through Fridays, and I'm always just like, I I only have time during the weekends, <laughs> you know. But I, like, I can get it fixed. I just I'm always afraid of the of what's gonna happen, you know. No, like, I totally relate to that because that's how I've felt about LASIK forever. Because I've, mm -hmm. I've had glasses since third grade, and and my prescription's pretty severe. Like if I don't have my glasses or contacts in, like I would have to get within like six inches of my computer screen to be able to read the text. Oh shit! Yeah, like, it's I'm, it's I'm pretty bad. And yeah. and so the thought of you know being able to just roll out of bed in the morning and not put on glasses. Or, or like, if I'm going to go out and, you know, do something, you know, like, like sweaty, you know, like mow the yard or something like that. Like, it's a real fucking drag to wear glasses when you do it, because then your sweat trips off and it gets on the glasses. And Yeah, it's, or, a, it, it's a bitch when I work out. Yeah, it's, it's it like, there's just a multitude of reasons that wearing glasses fucking sucks. But at the same time, it's like, well, like, LASIK sounds really amazing, but what if it makes it worse? You know what? What yeah. if all of a sudden now I can't fucking see at night? So now, now you just don't get to drive anymore at night, like that sort of shit. Like, yeah, should have left well enough alone. 
Man. Yeah, my brother had LASIK and it lasted him for about 10 years and now he just wears his glasses all the time. Yeah, and then that's the other thing too is that it's like, okay, if well, if if the shape of my eye is going to continue to degrade over time, then that means that the LASIK you're going through is going to be just good for a set period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I tend to, it's like I trust in modern medicine, but I, I don't go and... I, I don't yeah, do and, anything unless it's absolutely necessary, you know? Yeah, like, for example, with, like, with me, like, uh, that, the eye thing, I can do it. I just don't feel like it's necessary. And the first, like, recently, I just had a, a hernia surgery, but it's not the, the one in the groin. It's the one in the belly button area. Oh, okay. I had that one. And I, I had to do it. It was because, like, if I just let it sit there, I can't work out. I can't do anything. Like... Like, I, I was, it, it sucked. Like, trust me, like, it's not cool to have, a, like, it looked like my belly button was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you end up getting the hernia? Working out last summer, you know, um, fucking. What exercise do you think do, did it? Oh, it's definitely fucking uh, doing something with with uh, with my weights, uh, with either the bench or, or something like that. It had to be something like that because. What happened was here's what happened. Um, once the the pandemic started and we were all sent home, I just started working out at home like constantly every day because I need to find something to do apart from watching TV and and you know no contact with anyone. So yeah. I was working out and I got real skinny and big, and then uh, something happened at the beginning of July, and it put me in a real bad like depressed mode. And then for the whole month, I just stopped working out, but I was still eating good and, and taking care of myself, but I wasn't working out. So August comes around and I start working out again. But I'm thinking I can I can just start off where I left off. No, I, I should know better since I've been doing this for years now. I should know better to lower the weight and start fresh. No, I fucking started where I left off. With fucking two twenty fives on each side and uh, two tens and just lifting. And one day, at, uh, towards the end of August, uh, a day after I had done bench, I I taken a shower and I looked down and there's this fucking little extra thing coming out of my stomach. And oh. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, so you didn't actually like feel like a tug or anything like that when Nothing. it happened? I didn't feel it. I just looked down when I'm showering and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, Queen, turn on the reactor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like total recall. Like, oh my God, it's a teeny <laughs> tiny quaid growing again on top of my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah like and i just freaked out i didn't know what the fuck it was and mind you i didn't know what it was so i just kept working out till finally i said yo i'm gonna go to the doctor to see my doctor and i went to go look at go to the doctor he looked at it like, yeah you got an umbilical hernia i was like what like, yeah it was like and he, he straight out said to me have you been working out with this thing on, I'm like, yeah, this has been on my stomach for like at least the last two weeks. He's like, yeah, you need to stop. <laughs> Would you push it back in before you do your workout? <laughs> you, dude, you can't. Like, the only time like <laughs> I, it looks like you push it back in is when you're laying down flat on your back. Dude, I, I've got this bouldering video of uh, Kevin Jorgensen, who's like a professional climber. If you've ever seen the documentary The Dawn Wall, 
Kevin Jorgensen's the he's one of the climbers that that did the FA the Dawnwall. No, really know. cool documentary about um, this climber's uh, perseverance to, to tackle this unclimbed of uh, this like unfree climbed line on uh, Yosemite on El Cap. Really, really yeah. cool doc. But anyway, there's this old bouldering video I've got. I think it's called I think it's called Core. And it has Kevin Jorgensen and he's climbing in the Rocklands in South Africa, which is this like really huge international bouldering area. There's just all these big sandstone boulders stacked up everywhere. And so pro climbers go down there all the time to to do the to, um, you know, hit up all these classic lines and stuff. And in the video, it shows him and he's standing there without a shirt on. And he's like pushing in on his side and he's kind of like gritting his teeth. And then he looks at the camera and smiles. And he's like, I just pushed a little bit of my guts back through my abdominal wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like, what? That. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's like, I have a hernia that I need to get worked on. And like, if I pull really hard on a move, sometimes it'll pop out and then I have to push it back in. And you can see this other climber in the background, like doing the. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Face, I, you know? I, I would do it sometimes when I was like just sitting there watching TV at <sighs> home and just, you know, because we're stuck at home. And I'm just like. Poking at it like, hey, oh, that's so gnarly. <laughs> oh yeah, it felt so weird. Trust me. But eventually, I was just like, yeah, this is starting to get really weird. I can't do this anymore. Like, but uh, I, I was supposed to get the surgery last year, and uh, my insurance, something weird with it. They said wait till the new year, your insurance will cover it. Then I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't get it till, uh, till this past March or when was it? No, May. Yeah, March. March is when I got it. Yeah. Right before, because like I, I knew I'd be ready to watch Mortal Kombat once uh, I was healed up. <laughs> <laughs> so you did get the hernia surgery then? Yeah, yeah, I got it in March, and by the time I healed, Mortal Kombat was out in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad had a hernia that was like in his midsection that he had to get surgery on years and years ago, and I remember when he was healing up for it, he was hanging out out at the cabin, and I went out there with him, and we watched uh, Robin Williams' first like live or his first HBO one, mm. his first HBO special. And maybe it wasn't his first, but I don't know. It was, it was a really popular one that came out in the nineties though. And I remember like 20 minutes in dad's like, we have to shut this off. This is too painful. <laughs> Cause he kept laughing. Oh, yeah, he had, you know, that, that, you know, basically imagine, sewn yeah. up abdominal wall with like some sort of mesh in there or some shit. Yeah. 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 Like believe me. And, and now that I'm like doing like a lot of ab core workouts, it's like, like <clears throat> there was an area for like the last, not this couple of weeks, but like last month for like for two, three weeks, it fucking kept bothering me because I was doing new core workouts that are like building up to it. So like I can start getting more and more strength and, and I'd be, I'd just be sitting there in the middle of the day, all of a sudden that area where I worked out on, like I probably worked out it on Monday. No, nope, Friday it's like here. I'm just gonna annoy the shit out of you, and it's <laughs> in the same area where they did surgery. And I was just like, I know that's my body just getting used to the workout. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's life, man. It's also getting older. Like you know, you gotta no, take care of yourself. No, that's true. That's true, dude. And yeah. like when you were saying that, you know, you took a little bit of time off and then kind of jumped back into it right where you were, and like that's how you injured yourself. That's that's how. That's how I injured myself with climbing like over and mm. over and over again. Cause when I was really hardcore into rock climbing, it'd be every few months I was, I was popping like a tendon in, in one of my fingers and like not, not necessarily actually popping the tendon, 
But the way that, that the tendon structure in your finger is set up is that um, there's the tendon that runs the length of it, you know, on the bottom side of your finger. And then there's yeah. all these like pulley ligaments that like keep that tendon attached to the bone. And so in, in rock climbing, it's really, really common to either rupture or completely tear those pulley ligaments. And mm. when you do, like if you're pulling on something really hard with just your fingertips and like your fingertips are kind of like lower than like your knuckles. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it can just cause a lot of stress on those like pulleys and it'll make this like type sound. And, and all of a sudden you'll have this sharp pain in the finger and then it's like, yeah, you're not going to climb on that thing or even grip a rope for Ooh. at least four weeks. Like, enjoy Ooh. the time off. And yeah, yeah, that was perpetually happening. But um, let's take a quick break here and then we can jump right back into this. All right, cool. Okay, and we're back. Okay, so I think we're at your your hernery, uh, herna, hernia surgery. Hernia. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get that yeah, word that, spit out. <laughs> yeah, that was an experience all on its own. I mean, yeah, that was the first time I was ever going to be put under. So I can just imagine, you can just imagine me going like, what the fuck? Like, oh, how old were you? <laughs> I was 39. Oh, that so recent? Yeah, it was just a few months ago. Oh, it was that thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. reading about that on, on on social media and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. It was just a few months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was the thing. Because I got, I, yeah. So you think about it for a guy, uh, a guy like me who, I, I don't like sleeping during the day. I don't take naps. I don't believe in naps. <laughs> I, I, oh, naps are the I, best. Enough. The moment I'm awake, I'm awake. Like, I I I I'm up till midnight if I have to be. Cause I, I'm, I have FOMO. Like I have, even if I'm just <laughs> like, I have to know what's going on around me all the time. Like what's going on, what's happening. Like, like what's the latest news on something? Like, you know, if there's movie news, I need to know about it. If there's world news, I need to know about it. If there's sports news, I need to know about it. I'd have to be informed at all times. Yeah. <laughs> People are always like, but that, but that's just how I learn about things. Like I have a friend who calls me, uh she's like you're like human wikipedia i'm like i'm like what do you mean you just know random shit i'm like yeah don't ask me why i just i just do I just, and then, but it just goes back to the beginning i just i read a lot <laughs> i just like to read a lot no information i have to know everything <laughs> i'm constantly scrolling through the news section on reddit and then just like i'll read a headline i'll be like oh that's interesting and then i'll just click the option where you can just open it as a new tab in your browser. And so like right mm -hmm. now I've probably got like close to two dozen tabs open that are on oh, different yeah. articles that are either I have read. And so I have it up to where it's like, if this comes up on a podcast, I can reference it quickly or they're like in the queue for shit to read. Yeah. that That's me all day, every day. I have <laughs> at least 20 on my phone open at all times. Be it, I have one website with movie release dates. I have not. I have three websites with movie release dates. I have a website for daily new TV shows, movies popping up on uh, or new episodes of TV. Like let's say, like you know, what what show is coming on tomorrow? I can go tomorrow at at seven o'clock in the morning. Go to that website, uh, Geek Hobby, Geeky Hobbies. It's called, uh, and click on today on tomorrow's date, and it will give me everything coming out. An episode of everything coming out 
tomorrow. Wow, that's pretty cool. For every streaming service or network. Yeah, I have that. What's that uh, called again? Uh, geekyhobbies.com. Nice. Yeah, I have that. I found it like two, three years ago. And it, it, it's it's uh, it's become like my lifesaver to know like with it, I know everything that's on every network, every streaming service, premiering every every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, so like, if I like, let's say if I I know if I don't know when there's a season finale for a show, it'll tell me right there. Like, like, like for example, yesterday was um, Titans season finale, and boom, when I scrolled to look down, it said Titan season finale. I was like, oh, okay, season three finale, cool. Wow. Right, so it's just, I need yeah. to catch up with that. Yeah, it, it, good finale. Good finale. Like, I'm looking forward to. Um, Did you think overall season that four. season three was better than season two? I think it's every season has improved upon uh, the mistakes we made in the previous one because every season you can tell like they were doing they were going one direction and halfway through you can tell they really oh no this is a better direction like you can see it like, yeah. That, and they 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 learn from each of those mistakes uh, as they're going along. Like I think it's gotten better overall as, as a story, and I like what they do where <clears throat> the team the team doesn't have to stick together at the end of the season. They all go on, but there's always something to bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Sweet. Like, yeah, because I got three. Because when it first released, they dropped the first three episodes at once, right? Correct. Yeah, so I watched those and like binged them like, oh, my God, I'm fucking loving this. And then um, I was telling my wife how good it was. But at that time, she was up to like the next episode for her to watch was the finale of, well, okay. So you know how the finale of episode one is technically season two, episode one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically like she still needed to like watch all of season two and we've since gotten through all of that and so now her and i just need to start season three but uh recently we've been watching the new american horror story which just wrapped did you watch that i'm not an american horror story dude fan. okay I, yeah I, it's like I, I, i've never got the first episode past the first episode i remember just you didn't like murder first house episode. that first season I, I i didn't watch i didn't i finished the first episode and i was just like all right i'm good i don't dude need to watch i this. thought that first season was so good I, I'd never I mean, I seen something the where the episode. ghosts were that, that. That's the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, th- this newest season, this double feature, dude. Yeah. It, it, the, the You were saying about the ghosts. Like, I, you, I, I want to hear your, your, what you thought about it overall, the ghosts. The ghosts in Murder House? Like, I yeah. just love the way that American Horror Story does ghosts. That these people are interacting with them and they think that it's living, breathing people. Oh, and it's wow. like, they, they really can't tell that these people are ghosts. And like, I just thought that that was so intriguing. And also in murder house, there's this one character. It's like the maid that works at the house. Well, the husband sees this like super young, hot, very sexy, very seductive woman. But the wife sees like this really, really old, like motherly type woman. And so like, Mm. they're both seeing the same character, but they're seeing her in like different parts of her life. Wow. And like so that part that character was really really intriguing. Um just I I just I've just always liked the way the American horror story does ghosts. Like the, mm. that they're very 
they're very real, very solid things, but they're just confined to this one area. Like in Murder House, they can't leave the property. In in the hotel season, they can't leave the property for the Cortez, but you know, they're they're kind of like stuck in loops, you know, where where they're at, where sometimes they don't even really realize they're a ghost and they're dead, and then other yeah. times they're in like complete control of it and everything. And, and also different you know, different spirits are at kind of different levels of where they're at with the control for it and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, so American story, American horror stories really hit or miss with me, but this newest one, well, first off this year, they gave us two different things. They gave us American horror stories, which every episode was like a, a, a different thing. They really kind of weren't all that connected, even though technically there was like three episodes in the season that were all directly connected, but okay. for the most part, they pretty much sucked. And then this new one was called double feature, where it was a 10-episode season, but the first six episodes were a story called Red Tide, and the last four episodes were a separate story called Death Valley. So Red Tide was like a vampire story, and Death Valley was like UFOs. And mm. they both, like, they had good promise, but just, ex- just such lackluster letdowns of finales to where it's like, I'm never, I don't ever want to revisit this again. Because <laughs> you guys landed this so poorly and so hastily that it's like you took away all the stuff that I enjoyed leading up to it. Mm. And so some seasons of American Horror Story do that for me, but, you know, Murder House wasn't. I thought Murder House had a great ending. And also they tie in Murder House into later seasons as well. Oh. Like it's kind of like a revisited location. <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, with, with, with me, it's just, I, I don't know what it is. Like I grew up on, <clears throat> you know, watching, reading, like, I read Goosebumps till I don't remember how old I was, and then I eventually sold all the books. Uh, but I would watch like you know sci-fi horror stuff like X Files. I'd watch Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon. Yes, I loved that show. You know, I would watch all those spooky stuff, Tales from the Crypt. I'd watch all that stuff, but as I got older, I I got disenchanted with with the whole theme and just wanted to go in other areas because I, I i became just like you know like everybody's just trying to imitate every be but like i realized hard like slasher movies i really you're all just trying to copy halloween that's all you're trying to do yeah like yeah that's what all these movies are trying to do and and unfortunately it doesn't work out like uh, i i remember saying when we reviewed <clears throat> we did a, a retrospective on on uh, Halloween before the 2018 one, and I and I said like like this is why I don't like slasher movies that much because they're all trying to imitate Halloween. None of them have ever lived up to it. Like the only one that like kind of like changed the slasher film franchise around and made it like oh wow this is cool was Scream. A hundred percent. I was gonna say you better be saying Scream here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that, like think about it. Like every. Uh, from the 70s up until now we've had something like in the 70s we got michael myers in halloween 80s uh 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 jason and then uh, um freddy cougar uh i mean even though yeah would you consider take chainsaw massacre slasher yeah right yeah in the 70s so we had those two in the 70s then we had you know freddy and jason in the 80s and then we didn't get anything till um uh, scream and and Ghostface. That that was it. And then after that, 
like this from the 2000 on there hasn't been a new slasher film to reinvent the, the genre there hasn't been anything we just keep going back to the same ones and if you notice we haven't done a freddy movie in a while we haven't done a jason movie in a while because all their ideas are gone they're like we did them all like wait what else is there to do he's been to space <laughs> i was just gonna say what do you do after you've gone to space <laughs> exactly you know like and and i remember i watching the one from for uh, jason x i think it's called the one that goes to space and i just sat there like i i don't know what the fuck is going on here like the movie's brilliant for all the wrong reasons oh yeah it, it, it's it's i just sat there like Okay, yeah, like I was off of slasher horror films. Now I just I don't want to watch them ever again. <laughs> and that's what that movie's a fucking comedy. Oh yeah, it it is. It's 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 so fucking bad. Like, I, and I think that's when I just stopped watching horror films. Like I stopped watching anything horror that came out uh, over the years because <clears throat> I just saw that there was there was nothing there um, worthwhile to explore, or look at, and. And that's how it's been, like uh, until you know 2018's version of how uh, the the sequel to 1978. That one was I great. Think, I was not yeah. the biggest fan of Halloween Kills. Oh no! Oh, and in no. the further away I've gotten from it, like the more I keep laughing at lines like "Evil dies tonight." No, dude, I'm like, dude, dude. No, dude, the whole fucking movie, bro. Like, I can't say every time Anthony Michael can say. Evil dies today. It's such a bumper movie? sticker thing to like keep saying it all seriously, and then the the oh the we've got this this crowd whipped up into a riot because you know the writers are are like in a very clumsy way trying to show you you know how how dangerous mob rule is even when you think mm-hmm. it's for something very justified, yeah. and and oh now this person that's just you know, an escaped, you know, mental health patient is, is, you know, forced to commit suicide and, you know, oh, evil dies tonight, but, but really, no, you guys, you know, uh, you, 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 you multiplied the evil tonight exponentially, you know, you guys yeah. caused the death of an innocent man. And then just that whole scene at the end of the movie where it's like, how fucking immortal is this guy? He got shot multiple times in the chest and you guys purposely did the special effects where it looked like there's blood spray coming out of his back and, and he's gonna walk away from that and like multiple hits to the head you know with it with a baseball bat and and, and an iron yep yeah <laughs> no, the iron <laughs> see oh my god no but see like i tell everyone shout, see i let for that for that franchise i let it escape because why the whole thing is that he is the the, the, he is evil. he's the embodiment of evil like that that's why i i can i can tolerate it i go but then you go to a movie uh have you ever seen hellfest no i've never heard of that one oh it's 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 a i was all into that film the way the the, the slasher thing of it these kids go to a theme park and all the killings are done in the theme park by this killer. And during the whole movie, they're making guys seem like he's Michael Myers. At the end of the movie, the guy gets away. And spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. The guy gets away. And he's a fucking dad. <laughs> yeah, he goes to hug his kid and the movie ends. And I'm just like, oh, you just ruined this for me. Wow. And he was like, what are you talking about? No, because... 
they just spent this whole movie making it seem like he's Michael Myers' supernatural being, embodiment of evil. But no, he's just a regular because they stab the guy multiple times. And, you know, he does the Michael Myers thing where he's like, oh, he's still going, chasing after you. And then the guy just gets in his minivan, drives home after killing all these kids and goes, put, puts his uh, uh, prize possession of the people that he killed. You know, he's a serial killer, so he puts the prizes away and and fucking goes to hug his kid. And I just said, oh, that kind of ruins it for me. He's like, why? Because, like, I believed he was like Michael Myers, like, just like a being that just was plain out evil that just showed up killing people. Now you just went and made him a, a dad with kids. Like, uh, and this is like, what? Like the guy got stabbed. If anybody got like the, I, I went, the guy got stabbed multiple times. There's no way he could just leave the, the fucking place and just, <laughs> and I was into it. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And then they do that. And I was just like, nah, that, that ruins it for yeah, me. How do you explain the scars to your family? Yeah, I got attacked yeah. by a pack of rabid raccoons on the way home. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like it what the fuck? It, that just took like the whole fucking thing out of it. You I was know the so... writers were probably so proud of themselves with this twist. And then at the end, he's really a family man. So this means like, who knows? Maybe your neighbor next door. Maybe maybe Tom who drives the minivan is really a psychopath. And it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know, guys. It, 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 it believe me, I was into. It. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going. I'm with the story. I'm like, I'm, I'm going with it. All these kids are getting killed, and then they do that ending, and I was just, uh man, like, why? Like, like <laughs> I, you had me in this whole thing that he was like Michael Myers, just the embodiment of evil, and then you do that. Like, why? Why would you do that? It's dumb. Like, come on, man. <sighs> that's so I was I was I, that was like the one time where I was going I'm like yeah I want to see this movie this movie looks insane like I'm down for it and then <laughs> eh, the ending just pissed me off I, I don't remember if, I think Steve and Kenny who reviewed it with us I think they liked it but they were surprised that I didn't because of uh like how the how it ended I was like yeah that shit threw me off man like I'm just I didn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. That's always rough when you're in for a movie for pretty much the whole time, and then like there's a twist in it that happens, and you're just like, "No, nope, now I'm out." Yeah, and it just happened recently too. When when one of the movies we're reviewing from those like with Amazon, where they're releasing like the the October movies, like they're the little horror movies that they do for like Amazon, uh-huh. uh, Blumhouse does for Amazon. They release four films. Like they had one called Mothers, Madres in Spanish. And it's about this family, this guy and his wife, they're moving to like some part of California where it's the 1970s. And, um, you know, the guy found work there. He's an immigrant and he's just trying, you know, support his family. And all the women in this town are can't have kids. They're all going sterile. She's pregnant and she's freaking out. And the whole movie is going for the supernatural element. And I'm with it. I'm like, oh, shit, this is fucking insane. Like, what the fuck? And then they do something at the end where, no, it's a real horror story. And it's like, oh, no, this is, this is, no, this is horrible. Like, I didn't like what the, the what they did. And I'm, I'm uh, spoiler, they make it into a real event where uh, they're talking about the sterilization of women in the 1970s and how it's still happening today. And I just went, uh, 
You could do a whole movie on that subject alone. You just spent an hour and a half of my time telling me this movie is about supernatural events, and then you go this route. And I didn't like that. I was like, no. You want to touch on that subject, which is a very important subject, do it the right way. Don't put this scary movie thing into it, and at the end, Sandy, we got to look out for how the government starts sterilizing women around the world. And I'm just like, wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> like, it, it just threw me off. I was like, no, 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 no. How do you go for 90% of the movie telling me that it's ghosts, that it's supernatural event happening, and then the last few minutes, it's, no, these guys were <laughs> sterilizing women. And then here, look, here's a story from 2020 also uh. where the government was sterilizing women. And I, and I just went, you could do a whole movie on this, on the real yeah, right? subject at matter. Well, and then have that be like a, like serious as, as yeah. it should be. Exactly. Because that is a, a very serious, heinous thing. But then, yeah, to just wrap it up as like part of a plot device for a horror movie, that's, that's kind of not in yeah. the best taste. Yeah, and 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 I I I didn't like that. I like I I understood what they were going for, and I just felt like no, that's not how you do that. You you want to touch on this subject, you keep it to the elements that you you're going on. You know, don't fucking just all of a sudden at the end say no, it's a sterilization of women. And by the way, this is still happening today. Here's a news report from last year, twenty twenty. And I just went, what? Uh, yeah. What the fuck? And I, I, cause like I was in for the whole supernatural event of a woman losing her baby. And like, maybe it was a whole supernatural event that's causing all the women not to have babies, something like that, you know? But no, they went with, oh, here's this left turn. We're going to get real serious now. And yeah, this is really about the sterilization of women by the government and people like these men. And I was like, Huh. I like that's an important matter that should not be with this whatever this horror movie was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago I read this book. I don't even know where I got it, but it was called The Oath. And I remember starting out it like starts out with this person getting killed by like a dragon or something like that. And I'm like, but this book like very much takes place in like the real world. Okay. So I'm like, what the fuck? But they all have like these marks, like this like weird, like gooey tar type mark, like on their chest, like right over their heart. And like, that's seemingly what's like attracting like this dragon that then kills them. And so this guy then comes into town kind of looking into the death and then kind of gets wrapped up with this woman in town. And then they end up having a thing. And he's like starting to find out that all these different people in town are like, you know, getting this mark on him and then getting killed by this dragon. And so I'm like, super invested in this book like it's got all this great action adventure in it it's got like fucking sex and all sorts of crazy fucking shit in it and then you come to the end of the book and all of a sudden the main character realizes that oh this dragon and this mark on everybody it's their sin and so to defeat the dragon you just need to accept jesus christ into your heart Oh my god! And then that's how you beat the dragon. And I'm like, you get the fuck out of here. And then I looked it up online, and it's a fucking Christian author. 
I'm like, you oh. motherfucker, you waste my time and make me all interested in this book and then come up with that shit fucking excuse for an ending. I've oh never been God, so upset no. in a book in my life because the first three quarters of that book is fan fucking tastic. And it's like, dude, uh. if you'd have just come up with a decent ending for that, that's not, well, now I've accepted Jesus into my heart and all my, my mark of sin is washed away. And now I can say, go on, get dragon and you get away. It's like, get the See, fuck that, out that, of here. That's when I, I look up the email for that author and go, <laughs> fuck you, I, fucking piece of shit. I was so fuck mad. Fuck you in your book. I hope you can stick it up your ass, you piece of shit. <laughs> I think I took the copy and threw it in the trash. I was like, I'm not yeah, even going to sell this to a used right bookstore. To. I'm not going to inflict yeah. this on anybody else. You have every right to do that. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> fuck that. Get the oh fuck out of here. Nah. Nah. nah that's this. <laughs> See, that, that you just ruined a good story. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Why are you oh, going to do that? God. And then in typical fashion, of course, they, they kill off the adulterous woman, but the adulterous man gets to go on to be redeemed. Sure. Oh, my God. Thanks a lot for that, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to see that, I'll just watch, you know, all the scandals going on in sports right now. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'll just turn on Sports Center on ESPN. All right, we Who's in deep shit now? <laughs> That's what I'll do. Every league's like trading off on scandals recently. So, you know, it's like, all right, your turn. All right, your turn. Go yeah, for it. Fathers of sons. Like, if, if there's anything you can teach your boys, it's teach them that your dick is going to fucking lie to you. Your dick's yeah. going to fucking tell you things that aren't true because your dick is an internal optimist. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, no, nah, no, you, you. Don't listen to that, man. It, it'll lead you astray. Like, yep. like get in a good, committed relationship that, 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 you know, with a woman that's like really stoked to see that dick. And then you can start listening to that dick. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's great advice, man. You know, I'm 39, still single. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't, don't let it lead you astray, brother. <laughs> It'll fucking lie to you. I'm still looking. <laughs> Be like, dude, 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 I got a great idea. Pull me out right now. I'm feeling it. Pull me out right now. It's like I can't pull you out right now, bro. <laughs> it's like it's like, but but me, I've been married. I've been married for like going on like 16 years now. I can pull oh, it out in front shit. of her all the time. All righty then. <laughs> like, Look at this helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Nobody can look at mine. I'm just scared by myself. It's like, hey. What's up, buddy? It's another lonely night, huh? So I'm not saying that you can't listen to your dick. It's just you gotta know when to listen to your dick. <laughs> he just looks up at me and just like, again? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if there's one thing a dick doesn't understand, it's appropriate behavior. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna be alone again? Jesus, man. <laughs> I'm getting tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, or, I love this. This uh, I see Puerto Rican comedian. You, you, you know, um, you remember uh the original Kings of Comedy? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they these Latin comedians also did Latin Kings of Comedy, and I remember it was Puerto Rican. I think it was Puerto Rican, the guy who did it, or Mexican. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I remember he he does this whole joke about masturbating. He goes like, 
you know, sometimes I like to play hard to get with it. I get mad. I act like it's mad. Why are you mad? Because I, I did it with the other one that one time. Come on. It was in the shower. I wanted to use the left. <laughs> like, I had to make it romantic, too. Like, like I put some candles on, put on some Kenny G. Like, you know, what? Don't get mad. Uh, what? You mad because I scratched my ass with that one? With the left? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever listen to any Dave Attell? I've I've heard of him, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Do, you have, Do you have Spotify? Uh no, I don't have Spotify. Oh fuck. I, okay. I, I'm one of those people that says no to like how you know how that, there's like no Apple like people will say no to Apple. I'm uh-huh. the one that says no to Spotify. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say uh Dave Attell has this brilliant comedy album that it's like the jokes per minute in it is like off the count or it's like, like the count is like off the fucking charts, but it's called skanks for the memories. It's oh so funny. And he's got this bit in it about jerking off and he's like, I'm romantic. When I jack off, I like candles. Then I try to shoot them out. is So good. Well, I, I know. Well, he, he talks about he doesn't want to be a jogger because joggers are the ones who find the body. <laughs> He's like, you know, when you never find a body, <laughs> staying at home watching porno tapes, eating ice cream. Right. <laughs> it's like, officer, I was changing porno tapes and I saw a foot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I put down the lube and called you right away. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. Skanks great. for the memories. It's so fucking funny. Oh, I'm right. I'm writing that down, dude. I'm gonna look for it. Like, <laughs> here's the thing with me. Like, I don't use Spotify, but I can tell you, I'm I'm gonna find it. Yeah, That's yeah, you'll thing. find like, it then. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good, dude. You'll like it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh man, That's fucking. Oh god. <laughs> oh shit, dude. This has been a fucking blast talking with you. Yeah, same here, man. Same here. And then we didn't even talk about martial arts. Movies. We didn't get into any martial arts movies. <laughs> That's how it always goes. I'll be texting with somebody beforehand. It's like, like, well, we could talk about this or this, and then it never comes up because it's like, you know, we just go from tangent to tangent. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it always. Is. That's how a good conversation started. I, 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 the, the one that surprised me was you didn't ask about my name. Usually, everyone always asks about my name. Like, where did that come from? And I always go into this long story. I'm like, here's, and it's really just two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they really expect this is long winded story of how my name came to be. And I'm like, nah, it's, this is what happened. Yeah, like, well, is it? well, for me, it was like, okay, well, you said you were from, you said you were from Honduras. And so I'm like, okay, well, it's probably just uh, maybe that's a name that's like very common there and just not as common here in America. But I mean, what, what's nope. the, what's the two minute story with your name? Uh, my grandma saw it on a, on a TV show back in the '60s about the submarine crew, and one of the guys' name was Kowalski. And she's like, I'm gonna give it to my fourth child, which was supposed to be another boy. She thought it ends up being a girl. So I was like, all right, not going to her. I'm just going to save it in case I have another one. No more kids. Firstborn grandson. Ta-da! <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're the only Kowalski I know. Yeah. yeah it's, and, it's definitely it, an awesome name. But you know what? You're never going to walk into that gift shop at Disney and find that little license plate. No, never, never. No, <laughs> and and the origins of it are Polish because I know that the show was like a European show. 
that she saw. I don't know how in Honduras, but all right, in the 60s. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's all I know. So, um, it, but that was it. Like, and that's how, and, but I always thought, like, I kind of like that. I'm not, you're, I don't have a regular Latin name. And everybody's just like, why? Just think about it. I go, how many fucking Jose Pedro's uh, Juan's are there in this fucking world or Carlos's? Like, there's a bunch of them, but how many Kowalskis do you know? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> and in my life, my dad has seen my name three other times, but with, and he actually met one person that had my name, except he spells the end of it with an I instead of a Y. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So like they they've they've seen people with my name, they just spell it differently. I'm the only one that spells it with a Y. I remember there was a brief period of time in middle school <laughs> where everybody in my class was trying to spell their name differently. Like wow. my, my one friend Brian, who always spelled it with a with an I, started spelling it with a Y. And I was like, really? The best one was I think this girl's name was Lee, and she came up with the craziest way to spell it. And I remember, I think this was in sixth grade, because I'm thinking that the teacher, like, did so, he said something about, like, he didn't spell it right. And she was like, no, you have to spell it like this. And she, like, listed it out. And I remember him doing, like, a full eye roll in front of the class and just, like, mm. going, okay, then. <laughs> so, so fucking dismissive. Like, he was like, I don't give a fuck how you spell your name. I'm going to spell it how it says on my schedule. <laughs> oh, my God. But your name's Shit. so fucking unique, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, and it, I don't know. There's a bunch I, of it, Polish it, listeners right now being like, "Fucking bullshitski." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that it has Polish organs. I don't know anything else but that. Uh, that think about this: my brother Edson, the one who comes after me, he's named after the greatest soccer player in the world, Pele. His name is Edson Arantes Donacimiento. So my dad gave him that name. My brother Franco <clears throat> is named after another soccer player uh, from Italy. <coughs> Excuse me. Franco Baresi. And I'm the only one that just has this oddball name out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, so what? No, no, just Kavaskis. Your grandma picked it out. I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. I'm good with that. <laughs> Latin people have the best names. They'll get like four or five of them in there. And the way they all roll together Diego, is fantastic. Diego. Everybody loves the Diego. That's one of the names. Like, like they all, For some reason, that's like one of those, oh my God, your name's Diego? <laughs> 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 or you got Pedro or I'm one. I am I'm one. Here to, I'm here to make love to you. <laughs> You know, I was telling my wife saying. that I wanted to learn Spanish just so I could talk sex to her and sexy to her in Spanish. I was like, it's just a hot language. I was like, right now, all I can I can look at you and be like, carne sada. <laughs> no, no, Muy queso. You, ever, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not hot. Have you heard of the comedian uh, uh, Gabriel Iglesias? Oh, Fluffy. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Fluffy. Yeah, and he has this joke about, you know, Spanish commercials are fucking weird because – It'll be just hot people dancing to, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh. And at the end, Pepsi. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on, but now I want a Pepsi. <laughs> all you saw was just a hot chick or a hot guy jumping all over the place and boom, 
Pepsi. And it's just like, <laughs> why is everybody na- almost half naked in this commercial? Like, what the fuck? Like, all, like, dude, Spanish television is fucking amazing because everybody's just hot. <laughs> I don't understand it. I like, I haven't watched Spanish TV in a long time, but like. <clears throat> The news ladies are fucking hot. The weather girls hot. The the guy doing like 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 the the sports segment is hot. Like, and I'm just sitting there going like, I don't understand this. Like, <laughs> how is this possible? Like, even for their dumbest like game show, like the the girl standing there is like the hottest chick you've seen in like the last ten seconds. It's like, the fuck, man. Like, w- what is going on here? And I always tell everybody, it's like, dude, they, they don't have products, so they just sell you with sex. Like, that's what they're doing. <laughs> oh, they have- America is such a weird dichotomy with that, too, is that it's like, yeah. <clears throat> on the one hand, it's so puritanical, and it, it <laughs> wants to, you know, like, oh, oh let's, 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 let's all calm down here on the sex stuff. Whoa. But it's like, you're going to use TNA to sell everything you can on primetime television. Mm-hmm. You use woman with sultry voice to try and sell me tires in a radio ad. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird it, dichotomy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a country of hypocrites. Oh, on many levels. On many levels. I, it, right, I was on a podcast I was listening to on my way back from, from the movie. They were talking about, you know, what's going on right now with Miami and, and how it's a moral conundrum for the fandom because they want to trade for a football, for a quarterback that has 22 women have accused him of sexually assaulting them and they want to trade for him. And everybody just like, yeah, maybe then the we don't want this that, person living in our town. Yeah, and, then, and then the host is saying this like thing, but think about it. Winning changes everything. All of a sudden he's winning. You're for, he's taking you to the Super Bowl. What happens then? Yeah, but the people around there that don't give a shit no, about sports, no, you know. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Ben Roethlisberger committed assault on a woman in the late 2000s. Now, I remember hearing about that, yeah. Yeah. Where is he at still? Still quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As long as he wins you Super Bowls and is keeping your team relevant, that's and that and they, and they and they have a woman on the show and she's just like I hate being put in this position and and the the main the 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 owner the the main guy he's like yeah I hate doing this to you because your mentions on Twitter are gonna go light up like I don't like doing this and and because like she's got to be like the more like the the woman to speak on it and he's like I don't like doing this like yeah. why should we have to put you in this position there's no reason for us to put you in this position. And because she was here, like, she didn't want to say, she wanted to recuse herself from the conversation, but, like, the host said, like, you're making faces, so I have to include you if there's something that bothers you. Like, you have to tell me what's bothering you about what we're talking about. <coughs> she told him, I was like, you know, it's a very hard place to be in. And even she says, like, look, I was in middle school when Ron, Ben Roethlisberger did those things. Like, I found out years later, and, yeah, it bothers me. And I, I'm still a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but it's just, it's one of those things. And I, and right there, they all said, life is full of hypocrisies. And I was like, yeah, it fucking is. It fucking is. Like, it, it, it's, it's something to think about, like, how much we also, I like, think, <clears throat> and another guy on there said, like, 
He's Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A, the guy goes. I hate their politics and how they treat uh, uh, the LGBT community. Yeah. But I love Chick-fil-A, he says. And that's me. He says, look at that. Look at what I did there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite, he says. And we all are. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking right. How do we get serious? Let's go back to funny. <laughs> that's what the, that's what this show does, dude. It ebbs and flows. It's like we might be talking about something really, really serious, like you know, like we are, and then bounce right over to making dick jokes and stuff. I I don't know how it happens. I'm yeah, <laughs> just gonna go with it. <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden we got serious, and I'm just like, no, let's not get serious. Let's <laughs> let's be funny. Come on, let's laugh. yeah dude i mean you know i mean uh, i mean that that stuff especially with like the professional football players and and shit like that it it, or not just football players but you know the professional athletes that that do stuff that you know is it's it's not good behavior and and even even if they get away with it and there's not criminal charges pressed against them or anything, there's still that, that defamation of character that comes with it. And so as a sports franchise owner, you got to be thinking like, how much shit are we going to take for having this guy on versus how much is it going to line our pockets? If he actually does make the team better and we do well. Exactly. And, and that's and, the problem. Yeah. And, and well, it's also tough too, because I don't know. And like sexual assault things certainly aren't the best example mm-hmm. of this because with it, yeah. with those sorts of things in my mind, it's like, no, if you fucking assault somebody like you should like fucking go to jail for that. That's yeah. that's not something where you should get like a slap on the wrist because because why you can run fast with a ball. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, it, it, but exactly. oh, but it makes so many people happy. And it's like, yeah, I, I understand. There's a lot of sports fans in this country. But what sort of example does that set if somebody mm-hmm. high profile gets away with something so heinous with a slap on the wrist? What does that teach to the next generation? It's it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. It very much is. I mean, it's not even kind of. It, it's very fucked up. Yeah, it, it's 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 it shows, you know, it's the world isn't as black and white as we think it is. It's very fucking gray. Oh, in, in every gray. almost every aspect. Yeah, and and you know, it's hard to like even have those type of conversations because you know you don't know what direction you're gonna go and what you're gonna say or who you're gonna upset because you're not tr- you're just trying to have a, a rational conversation about it. But at the same time, you could say something that could offend someone, and you're just like, I'm not trying to offend anyone. This is just you know, I'm trying to have a conversation about this and it's it's a subject that and very hard to talk about see the the whole like walking on eggshells everywhere for fear of offending somebody i feel like there there's a reasonable level of that that should be exercised at all times because why why intentionally set out to be inflammatory or, or hurtful but i feel like there also comes a point where as an individual, and this is coming from somebody that I started getting bullied at like a really young age. Like I was, I was a little chubby kid. And so I got made fun of from that. Started wearing glasses in third grade. Started getting, so I got made fun of that. Basically I had a lot of shit happen 
throughout my young life that was very damaging to my self-esteem and i and i put up mm-hmm. with a lot of of ridicule and bullying from people in my peer group right mm-hmm. and as a result it made me realize a universal truth a lot of people in this world really fucking suck they're yeah. not worth your time and also a fool's opinion isn't worth anything if it's not yeah. somebody that you'd take advice from then why do you give a fuck about their opinion right exactly yeah and in those sorts of interactions when i was younger it it yeah it was it was hella damaging and i still carry scars from it for today but it also shaped me into the strong person that the mentally strong person that i am today and so i feel like this this effort to go out and nerf the world and and police everybody's speak speech and and even to an extent police the the way that people think and interact with each other i i think there's a certain component of insanity to it because it's like you're Mm -hmm. never going to be able to bend the entire world around to be safe for you and accommodating no matter how noble that pursuit is because i agree in in a perfect world we would all always treat each other the way that we ourselves want to be treated because the world would be a better place that way but yeah we're also emotional volatile beings and it's not always going to work that way and to expect that 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 you can try and 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 beat the world into submission to to be this nice place and also the other the other thing to that that's really interesting to me is you have these people that are tired of being bullied and so now they're going to employ bully tactics on the bullies so essentially they're like we're gonna fight fire with fire and it's like well because that basically does a very good job of burning the entire village down and it's always kind of sad to see an oppressed people rise up and use the oppressor's tactics and so Mm -hmm. i I have very mixed feelings about about cancel culture and in this this freaking out of certain words and stuff but at the same time it's like i also want everybody to get along and and i don't like seeing people be bullied and stuff but i don't think i like seeing people be bullied from any direction yeah no it's it's a subject matter. Like I, I, my brother, he's a comedian, and I've, I, I've had to have discussions with him. I'm like, because he makes certain jokes. I'm like, Franco, you can't do that in, in, in public, dude. Like, and, and I, and the two, two of my favorite movie reviewers, uh, pundits, they're, they're comedians, and they say, look, <clears throat> anything is funny, but it's who says it that makes it funny, just because. Uh, um, Chris Rock can make a black joke doesn't mean that I, a white German Italian guy, can make that same joke. Yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't no, work. That's very true. It wouldn't work, and he even says it himself. Like he, he was up at the comedy store in L.A., and this guy, this black guy, just literally yells at him, "Hey, do a black joke!" And he's like, "No, I'm not gonna do a black joke. Like that, that's not who I am. It's not my comedy." Like he straight told him to that the guy to his face like that. I'm like, I'm like that's not who I am. I'm I'm not Chris Rock. I can't do that. <clears throat> but the guy says like, you can make anything funny, as long as you're doing it right. Anything is funny. Even death is funny. Like and and, and he learned it from George Carlin. George Carlin says himself, anything is funny. It just depends on who's saying it mm-hmm. and how they're saying it and how they're doing it to grab your attention. And, 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 but that, that's why it's very hard. Like 
certain subject matters like with the cancel culture it's like you know, you don't know what they're using it for that's why I'm, i never take sides when that shit happens i always just sit back yeah and same look here at it and, and try to figure out like what's going on here let's look at it and see what what you know because there is a truth i always say there's that person's truth there's that person's truth and that's what really happened so we always have to figure out which is the right one you know <clears throat> yeah i mean and i can definitely relate to the the immediately wanting to lash back you know like like you know kind of to build on the you know saying like okay well you're tired of being bullied so now you're going to be a bully like i can totally relate to that yeah but at the same time i i know that every time in my life that that i've reacted in anger and and said things in anger when later on you know like be it an hour or 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 even minutes later if i'm not angry anymore i regret it yeah and so like one of the hardest learned lessons of like like you know in in terms of like slogging through humility is to stop reacting in anger. And, and mm -hmm. definitely, if, if your first inclination is to shout, then your smartest move is going to be to stay quiet instead. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is coming from someone who, in his family and, and friends know, uh, I've, I've always had a bad temper. But, like, <clears throat> the last 10, maybe 12 years, I've gotten so much control of it that I don't just, I, 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 of course, there are moments that I do get mad, but like, I don't get mad like I used to. I just real, I just sit there, analyze the situation, and I go, okay, is this something worth being mad about? And a lot of times I just go, you know what? No, it's not. Fuck it. Move on. And I just move on. But there are situations where like, I just, that old meal come out where like my family knows like the joke they call me Chile Bravo, <clears throat> which is just pretty much saying that I have a bad temper. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, or did like to shorten they just say Chile, <laughs> Chile. You're always so affable and quick with a laugh. I can almost not even picture you mad. Uh, it it you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> People always say that about me though too. And I'm like, oh no, dude! <laughs> you you don't want to be there when the laughter stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, uh, no, but um, uh, where was I going with my anger? Shit, I lost track. Um, we were talking oh, about my... how you uh, react in anger. You're not always uh, proud of yourself afterwards. Yeah. So, like back in the day, I would, you know get angry and i would just say fuck it they're wrong i'm right whatever and like around <clears throat> 28 29 30 years old i just started rationalizing to myself i'm like why am i getting upset like there's no and it, and it took a lot of years to to go through that like through a, a lot of years i still you know go still think of like to get to that point where i could just not care anymore and not get angry over something stupid but around t between 28 to 30 is when i started like rationalizing in my head like no this is how i have to act like because even between then and now i've still had outbursts here and there where i've just my anger just like overtook everything because i just couldn't hold it back anymore but 
Oh, yeah. Like, I'm in so much control of it now where, like, I don't get mad anymore. I just don't care about – I don't care to – if it feels like it's something that it's not worth my time, I'm not going to get mad. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, <clears throat> it's a smart, it's a mature way to look at it, dude. Yeah, like I, like, like I've had uh, arguments with my brothers recently, and uh, even then, like they'll they'll go like through text, they're going back and forth at me, and I just stop responding. I'm like, ah, I'm not even gonna respond. Like, it's, I'm all I'm gonna do is just say something stupid, and and I'm gonna regret it later. So I just I step away. And well, and I know with myself, yeah. like. If I'm really angry about something, especially with somebody, like I will have one-sided arguments in my head and I will just go over it and over it and over it and just, you know, like argue it and argue it and argue it in my head and I'll get so worked up and, and singularly focused on how pissed off I am at it that in the end, I'm like, there was no benefit to this. There was only damage. And the only person that took damage from this was me. <laughs> and and the saddest yeah. part is I just did it all to myself in my head. And like the, I, I read about this in, in, in a Reddit article a long time ago, that this process is called ruminating, where if you have something that is like a, a down negative thought and you just keep going over it. Uh, and over it and over it and over it and just chewing on it, you know, and tossing it back and forth. And you're just not putting it down and walking away And that the, the effective strategy to, to deal with this when you find yourself ruminating on a negative thought is to basically the same way. Have you ever done any sort of meditation? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the act of keeping your mind clear and recognizing when a thought enters your mind and not pursuing that thought instead of just instead you just let it drift away. You acknowledge that okay, I'm I'm clearing my mind, I'm keeping my mind empty. A thought has entered my mind, but I'm not going to entertain it. I'm going to let that thought drift away. It's the same thing you're supposed to do with ruminating. When you catch yourself doing that, you're supposed to actively stop the cycle and just let it go. And I'm I'm not a hundred percent at it yet, <laughs> but, but I, I've, I've gotten better in, in trying to recognize that when I am doing that, be like, okay, dude, you're doing that thing and you need to just let it go because it's going to, it's going to make you feel so much better if you just stop thinking about it because thinking about it over and over again and, and, oh, yeah. and really getting pissed about it, you know, it's in the end, oh, yeah. it's, it's only going to buy, it's only going to hurt me. Yeah, and I I can tell you myself as in I'm an overthinker, and it, when something sticks with me like that, I'll, I'll think about it again. But like I've gotten to the point because of the same thing, like uh, I meditation and just realizing that it doesn't matter, you know, like why am I doing this? Like uh, I went through a period uh, when I started working where I'm working now, uh, <clears throat> seven years ago, eight years ago. And the first year I went, I had anxiety attacks. I, I was like, I went two months. I wasn't sleeping and I I, like in the middle of work, I was just shaking. My anxiety was all over the place. And when I, and I went to the doctor, gave me pills and shit. I'm not a fan of them, but you know, I had to take them. But I found this, uh, I don't know if you heard of the app head headspace. Uh, yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. It deal, it deals with, you know, meditation and ways of dealing with anger and stuff like that so i started meditating on my lunch breaks uh, at work 
and it, I, I stopped taking the the pills, and uh, I, <clears throat> and then and that started helping me out, get rid, release all those things of anger that I had inside me, and ever since then I've just been. Just I'm like you know what I, there's no reason to get mad whatever I don't care fuck it and I, I I've learned to have a I don't give a fuck attitude about things I mean I've always been like that but I've more Alec it went from fuck the rules I don't give a fuck I don't care about this shit when you know when you're young to <clears throat> I don't care about situations that don't affect my life why am I getting angry over it you know mm-hmm. and that's what uh, I've done since then. Like now, I try to be uh, have try to have you know constant like chill, relax. Try not to get angry over things. Don't let people upset me. And I I try to be like that. And I try to stay from people who I feel are are negative in my life. Like there are people that I've worked with that I've known since I started working in the in the law firm foreclosure business. <clears throat> That, you know, we'll go to different companies and they'll be there too. And I know to stay with them because they're negative people. And I'm just like, stay the fuck away from me. Like, and I've had people tell me, like, you know, you, when you get that gut feeling inside you of a person's a bad uh, person to be around with. Like, and I always tell people, when I get that bad feeling about a person, you could tell me that person is fucking God. And I'll be like, nope, they're bad people. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I trust my gut at this point. Yeah, and it and I'm and it's happened numerous times, like with a lot of people that and boom, like find out later on that they're on some like crazy shit list of bad things that have happened at the companies I've worked at because and I'm just like, see, told you, it's wrong. <laughs> the gut <laughs> like, is never wrong. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like when I know someone's bad, I just stay the fuck away. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not down with that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. Those are wise words to live by, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 that also helps that like I I'm a, I'm an introvert, so like if I don't feel like communicating with you, I'm not going to. I'm like I'm just I don't care. I'm like fuck it. <laughs> it's like what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I'm kind of yeah. a curious mix of both. It's like like my inclination or my inclination is to be an introvert, and I'm perfectly happy doing that. But I'm also I've I've never had issue with just going up and talking to people that I don't know. See that that's the the thing I can't do that. Yeah, I can I, I can walk up to a complete stranger, and just be like, "Hey, dude, what are you up to?" And then they'll look at me like, "Who the fuck are you?" And why are you talking to me like you know me? <laughs> I just put my headphones on and be like, "I don't know you, motherfucker." Oh, I, I get that sometimes. It's like, "Hi, right, have a nice day." <laughs> <laughs> no, like for perfect example, like uh, I, I've only been camping once in my life, and we went to Central Florida camping, and all of my my, my friends that I went with, we were all surprised because everybody was being so nice and saying hi to us, and we were like the fuck is going on here because we weren't used to it we're we're from southern part of south southeast part of south florida where you know we don't talk to nobody if we don't want to we just keep walking yeah. and these people were like hey how are you how you doing what's going on hey, guys camping out first time out i'm just like who the fuck are you maybe that's the rural iowa in me also where i can just you know, like hey how you doing but no, i've definitely run into plenty of fucking assholes in iowa that like like make eye contact like good morning how you doing and then they just stare at you and walk by and say nothing 
He just wanted to turn around and be like, hey, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have to be polite and say good morning, you dick. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm the guy that like, well, up until the pandemic, if I was walking around somewhere, I had my headphones on. I wasn't talking to no one. I just keep it going. Keep it going. Don't need to talk to you. (laughs) Keep it going. (laughs) That's all. That's all it was with me. And but now that like since I've been home for so long, like I just, I, I forget to take my headphones with me. I just, I actually walk around with no headphones on. Just say, eh, I'm going to go we'll just put on my mask and I got to go buy this. I'll go buy this. And, and I would always walk around with headphones always just to make sure nobody talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want you to talk to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, 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 like I recently like started watching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm because Steve got me like when I went to when I go to his house he's putting it on and we're, and we're watching it and I just look at it I'm like you put this on because you think this is me right <laughs> <laughs> so you think I'm I'm like David don't you because like, oh, I'm always funny. questioning shit and just saying like why do I got to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's like give me a reason. <laughs> oh shit dude this has been a lot of fun talking with you yeah same here man same here (laughs) where can people find you uh well on twitter they can find me at covenova 10 well let me check i gotta be sure because like i never i never logged into it like (laughs) i haven't logged into it i just you know have yeah it's just there oh yeah covenova 10 on twitter on instagram just covenova and on Facebook, Kowalski uh, Romero. Nice. And, uh, oh, and on CNNCast, talking movies with Spoiler Steve. And, you know, yelling at him because he's probably got the information wrong. <laughs> you guys have the best rapport on that show. It's always so, it, it times adversarial and very, very funny. That's why, like, like at some point, I need to get both of you guys on an episode here to just see what sort of shit we talk about when it's not necessarily just movies. Oh, you should see just our conversations about shit that he hasn't seen. And I'm just sitting there like, how the fuck have you not seen that? And then I have to think about, remember like, oh yeah, this motherfucker didn't grow up in a house like I did where my parents didn't know what the fuck I was watching. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, I got to get both of you guys like, back on again. Like, yeah, like, I'm still amazed that he didn't see like South Park to like, uh, he was like in college, I think, or something like that because his parents wouldn't let him. And I was like, Dude, my parents don't even know what the fuck South Park is, and that, and I'm almost forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I generally got away with watching pretty much anything I wanted, also. So, yeah, no, but, but that would be so much fun. I've got to get you both on for an episode sometime. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be you being the mediator, and we'll we'll be like uh, couples counseling. <laughs> That'd be good. My cheeks will hurt by the end of the episode from laughing so much. <laughs> it's all it'll be it'll be couples counseling just just like when i used to take mushrooms (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be fun conversation (laughs) oh this was a blast dude definitely definitely we got definitely got to do it again absolutely and we definitely got to get you for another i wish you were doing uh the review for dune with us this weekend oh yeah yeah i know i've got a prior engagement on sunday uh, sucks. <laughs> you 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 definitely go into the nerd of of it more than me. I'm just like I I it was somebody on uh, in the 
you know the group of friends that we have in the podcast who i think it was, i think it was melissa slaughter where she was telling me that she, she was i told her, oh you're reading the book and 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 I, she thought i read the book and i was like no i just know the basic details of the story and i but i read half the book and i've only seen uh the 2000 miniseries I don't, I don't know but i know details here and there <laughs> i don't know too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude you'll have to definitely finish that book it's it's oh, so yeah. fucking good yeah now that like i I've, I've gotten just like in my mind visualize a little bit better like i now i'm just the details that i didn't understand will be more more detailed in my mind now and, and i'd be able to get the story better because there was some stuff in there i was like what huh? <laughs> like i'm confused here oh <laughs> yeah yeah without a doubt <laughs> Still a good read. Still a good read. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast. Has it been? <laughs>